Hello and broadcasting from the beautiful central Start coast of California. It's the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show! Crack open a cold one. Going good old listeners, welcome back to the Dr. Danger Radio Show with your boys, James and Edward, for a kind of a chill tire bone. We're both a little tired done this evening. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a mellow one, but honestly, every podcast feels mellow now that I don't have the, the cloud of Brett Michaels looming over me every week. Oh, okay. Well. Do know. I need to bring that cloud back? No. To bring some fucking life? No. Please. Are you sure? No, this can be. This is this is a nice podcast. We we can be we can be a chill podcast. Yeah, don't worry. ASMR yeah. podcast. ASMR. Yeah, listeners. Today, <laughs> I want to call it a pack show, but for sure, we got our segments. We got hot or not, yeah. where we check out the new Kid Rock song. There's timestamps if you ever want to go straight for straight towards to any of the freaking reviewing content. We listened to Jay Z's The Blueprint for a music review. Oh, did we? Yes, and we reviewed for a seasonal journey for the fun of it. Three movies. We're going to review all three Austin Powers movies. Not tonight, I, right? Just one of them? Yes. Because I only watched the first one. There's no way we're going to power through all three. <laughs> okay. No, we got to make content. <laughs> no, okay, I'm just making yes, sure. Yes, we're going to hammer out all three in one fucking episode. No! Because I forgot to bring this up, I'm not going to lie. There was a small part of me was like, did James mean the first movie, or did he mean I was supposed to watch the entire ass trilogy? <laughs> no, just the first movie. Okay. We're here to review the first Austin Powers movies, but there are timestamps if you ever want to go to it. I don't know. Anything you want to talk about life? Uh, no, I'm just chilling. It's going to be interesting to hear Kid Rock again. I haven't I haven't given a single crap about Kid Rock since he went country. I don't have a problem with country. I have a problem with Kid Rock's country. So, I mean, Born Free is a fine radio song, but yeah. So, other than that, nah, man, I've just been, just been, uh, just been working, chilling. Um, you know, I've, uh, you know, uh, Thanksgiving's coming up, Black Friday's coming up, Christmas is around the corner. Yeah, I know holidays are coming up. You're kind of a busy guy, so. Barnes and Noble, bruh, we be repping that retail shit. For sure, For me, I kind of had a pretty disaster week, but I don't know if I can really talk about it on the podcast, so I well, might not mention anything. As, as long as there's nothing incriminating. Eh. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I mean, you know, it's your show. So. Yeah, I know. So almost like I can for sure. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to knock on wood. Might as well. So I can air it out. <laughs> I hope it doesn't ruin you reviewing the rest of the show. Oh, I'll be So good. like freaking earlier this week, my, my van got towed again by the cops. Fucking Christ. Yes. From the shop. But this time they saw that my license plate had the inappropriate like uh, freaking tags tags on there. I did place tags on there when I was moving my van on a moving last year, but I never operate my van. But friggin' 
They towed my van for that, which is actually a misdemeanor. Oh, shit. That's a misdemeanor citation. And then they performed a search on my van and then found my gun in there, which was loaded. So now I got a citation on a friggin' improper oh, shit, storage. Oh, shit, you kept that in there? Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, because I was living with kids. So I didn't want them near the gun. That's right. Yeah, no, that, okay, yeah, that's a smarter option. So, yeah, no, I got those citations, which then I had to report to work. But due to the license plate issue, I was denied access back to work. So I lost my job. So What? Yes. I got two fucking misdemeanor citations and I lost my job this week. Kind of a disaster week. Holy fuck. Yeah, I haven't told you yet because I haven't met you in person yet. And I don't know if it was good for me to like talk on the podcast, but at the same time, I was like, yeah, you know what? That's just what happened to me. Um, well, fuck. I'm sorry, man. I didn't even know. <laughs> I haven't told you about it. And I was a little concerned if I did, it would put you in a funk for the rest of the evening. Um, I'm uh, I'm just trying to way to spin this, but like, nah, man, that's that's awful. Yeah, uh, fuck, pretty fucking crappy that happened to me and stuff. But like, the damn shop owner didn't keep my van on his property and kept putting it on the street. Which I talked to the cops and like, yeah, he's always getting people's customers' vehicles towed and shit. I'm just like, damn it, this shop guy sounds like a dumbass. Yeah, but here's the thing: I didn't get arrested, or I'm and I'm not in jail. That's good. That for sure. Like, all I did was get some citations. Now, I did lose my job, and that fucking sucks. I don't know what will happen, but you know what? It's not like my first time of, like, whole big life change disasters happening to me. This is my first time losing my job. And I'm not, I i don't want to say it won't be my last. Fucking, it most likely won't be my last. You never know. Dude, I literally, in the great words of Don Callis, <laughs> as I say in Great Motivation, real men don't quit. Real men don't quit. They get fired. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> there's only been one job, two jobs I've actually left of my own accord. Uh, the boat shop. What was the other one? Boat shop, but that kind of slowly died off. Yeah, yeah. Just, they were out of work for me. So, And then one was working at the cemetery, which honestly, I wish I fucking stayed. Yeah, yeah. Because I went to Ernie Ball, that. and that fucking sucked balls that was major cock suckage my major cock suckage but yeah no so friggin i got two misdemeanor like charges and friggin and friggin lost my job so but i'm not in jail but i do got a court date hopefully this goes over with me to not too bad yeah yeah i hope yeah. they don't put me in jail I don't think they But the will. gun was an accident. Yeah. The license plate, it's like, that isn't an accident. You have a permit for that thing, right? No, I had the wrong sticker on there, so. Oh, shit. Which, it's better, honestly, just drive without with the outdated stickers and try to make it seem like you are dry, like you look legit, because it's a fucking misdemeanor crime, I learned, so. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, not a fix-it ticket, so. I'll never bitch about having to pay for those again. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, honestly, it's like, bro, it's better than what I'll do. Hopefully, yeah, I just get a fine. Hopefully, I don't go to jail. That's yeah, for real. But that's not till March. So friggin. Yeah, no, that's my life's kind of a disaster for this week. And I'm like, and then I'm dealing with a little bit of like music scene drama. But I yeah, think some of it pales. That. I'm like, Dude, this has been kind of a fucking last quarter of the year. It's been kind of fucking shitty. Not going to lie. Yeah, no kidding. From like band equipment getting stolen, getting my van towed. Yeah. Like I'm trying to get my van fixed and I get it towed twice and now I get fucking criminal charges. I mean, fuck, dude. I mean, I mean, there's been some, there's been some, there's definitely been some stress in my world, but I haven't lost a vehicle or my job, knock on wood. So I guess it's not too bad. Yes, and like I, I'm sure I can recover from this, but the I'm still like it's this past week, and I'm like, dude, fucking me. 
The only sort Can of- anything is please just not a wood. Is there anything more disastrous that could happen? I don't want to know. The only thing I can think of right now that might make you feel better is that is that uh, maybe you could take out your frustrations a bit on roasting this new kid rock song if it sucks. I haven't heard it yet. You've kind of heard it. Yeah. And depending on what you thought about the Jay Z album, but yeah. fuck, dude, that's uh, have you got have you uh, like looked anywhere else already? Started looking for another for another work. I'm or? gonna wait till my termination letter and kind of let it chill. All right. I'm waiting for my termination letter and like my two final paychecks, gotcha. which I got all my vacation time checked today. That arrived in the mail. That's nice. And I got to wait for money to transfer. But a lot of that's going to go paying into some DMV fees, going mm-hmm. paying the cops to release my fucking shit and then go. Hopefully I can get my van back and I'm not taking it back to that motherfucker's shop. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, I know. Till he get pays me back for the towing fees or whatever. Just kick she, his ass. I'm not even kidding. That dude's a dumb, that dude's a dumb ass. Fucking God, bro. And like he said, he wouldn't move my van again, but he moved it back on the street. I'm just like, oh, no, he wasn't aware of all that stuff. But I'm supposed to say, oh, yeah, I got a gun in the van. Have fun with that information. Yeah. I'm like, you're just going to work. I like you would hope it's like motherfucker just works on it. Fucking figures out what my issues is. Tell me what the problems on the van are, but not get me into fucking problems. Yeah, exactly. Maybe there's, is there some legal action you could take against that guy? I'd, I'd rather not. It's like, I'm not going to fucking worry about the dumbass. There's a part of me. I was like, dude, the license plate's my fault. Mm, yeah. It's like, and I'm on it. Hey, I've been lucky enough to not be arrested. I lost my job, but like, hey, you know what? I just had to be honest with the situation. Let's just let's be real here. So. Right. And I had to be and like my other thing is like being responsible enough. Like, hey, telling because I was working a high level nuclear, a high security nuclear facility. I had to be responsible. Yeah. And I did my duty to be responsible. And these are the consequences. Yeah. Not much more I can do. But it could be worse if I was not being responsible. So No, that's true. So it's like, yeah, hopefully and hopefully like I don't have a criminal record. Everyone's like saying you should be good. I like I'm sure I'll get a public defender. It's like yeah. maybe you should pay for a lawyer. It's like mm. that can. Uh, mm. Yeah, that's a, mm. that can maybe help a little bit. But I'm like, I'll just be honest in the situation. Hey, I was honest with the cop and he let me go. <laughs> and then like they let me go. He just saw I was like, it's honestly an accident. And your fucking guy just kept putting your vehicle out on the street. Yeah. At least there's that, but still. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Yeah, no. If you want to talk about life, bring yeah. in James. Life's kind of fucked at the moment, or at least for this week. But yeah. it doesn't mean I can't repair. Right. It's not my first time. It's like I've had like many disasters. I've lost. I've like had always had moments where I lose a job suddenly and stuff, and I had to like from recover from it. But I usually find a way to somehow recover in some sort of way. Sometimes it's, it could be for the better, so that could be just me optimistic, but I have free time right now, and maybe I could try some things. Things I couldn't do because I had a busy schedule. Yeah. And plus, I could just spend this time to like exercise and get myself ready for my birthday show. And oh, then yeah, from there, right. freaking figure out what's going on. But yeah. And yeah, it's hard. And like, I wasn't sure to admitting it, but I'm always willing to admit it. I'm just like, yep. Yeah. Well, that sucks, man. Well, hopefully the podcast here might be able to cheer you up. Oh, no, you're coming in with an okay mood. Well, I mean, it's... And I feed off your energy, so... 
Well, I mean, no, I, I get perked up. Don't worry, we got this. We're you're professional. You're gonna perk up? What? You're yeah, gonna we're get, professionals. You're gonna get ready for hot or not? Fuck yeah, dude. This is like my favorite segment now. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Reviewing some random track Bone Steel, good friend Bone Steel sent us. Kind of. It's more like I just like, I just like, it's a combination of I get to like talk about music more, which I love. And also I get to uh, roast uh, Jake Bone Steel's tastes, which is Oh, this a good is time. some fucking Bone Steel taste as we talk about the new <laughs> Kid Rock song. All right, listeners, let me cue up the track. Yep. All right, listeners, today for Hot or Not, we have brought in the new track by Kid Rock featuring the hard rock band or blues rock band Monster Truck. Monster Truck. And this track is called Don't Tell Me How to Live. I wonder what this is going to be about. You know, before we... The picture for the single has the Statue of Liberty wearing a mask. So, And, you know, before we did this, I Googled Kid Rock because I wanted to see what this new song was called. And the first thing that was linked was an article by Rolling Stone magazine that says Kid Rock rants about snowflakes and fake news. And I just thought to myself, oh, boy, <laughs> this is this is going to be a good one. This is going to be something. So, all right, well, let me play the track. It's Four minutes and two seconds. Hype. Hype. Sorry for that crack. Fuck all you hoes. <laughs> Detroit till I die, motherfucker. Oh, suddenly you're hard again? Yes. Talking all that bullshit. <laughs> uh, not really. <laughs> Maybe. I think you're talking bullshit, bro. I meant Ed, not Kid Raw. Right, right. Limp Bizkit, yeah, Limp Bizkit comes back and Kid Rock thinks, you know, I could do the rap rock thing again. I mean, I won't lie. He 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 himself doesn't sound half bad. It sounds like Kid Rock. That's what I mean, which is a good thing if you like old Kid Rock. Yeah, but I don't care for Kid Rock. That's true. I never pan for... I need Kid Rock, my savior. <laughs> my rap savior. Someone who was true attitude. We need we need Kid Rock in our lives. Oh yeah, because hold on. what is this bar rock bullshit? I told you this Texas hippie coalition bullshit, bro. I strip was telling you I watched the video on dudes talking about cultural appropriation, and then I check out this track. I'm like, this is not the best track right now for me. Yeah, because this is the most cultural appropriation, man. Kid Rock used to be cool. I don't know if you can believe that. But no. There was a point. I fucking He doubt. used to be cool, I promise. I think you're full of shit. I, <laughs> Devil Without a Cause is a pretty good album. There is other music in the oh, world. he just I said think. fake news. Uh, no, you stopped. Ooh. You went to play fucking Butt Rock Country. Yeah, you've been you've been playing you've been playing country for like what ten years now almost. Kid Rock, just because like rap rock was done, you went and like realized you know you had to make money elsewhere. But now rap rock's cool and you gotta come back. Yeah, all the all the kids are like, yeah, Corn's actually my main influence now. So he's like, oh word. Well, sort of. Kid Rock was more attached to Limp Bizkit than. Corn. Now, what do you think of the Monster Truck backing track? Laying down the. 
little on the generic side if I'm being if I'm being objective, but pleasant. But they're pleasant. Yeah, like Bosu likes both these artists a lot. Like he has talked about liking Monster Truck for a minute. I haven't heard of But I listen to Monster Truck. It's like, dude, there's other blues rock bands I feel like are a little bit more exciting. Like for starters, I want my blues rock sounding a little bit more less fake instrumentally. (laughs) No triggers. Come on. At least it sounds now, convincing. Like, it sounds convincing. I don't... You could say this isn't sample replacement on, yeah. like... For sure on the drums. Can you tell? It's hard to say. If the drums sound too good, then I'm like, eh. But here's yeah. the thing. I have a feeling Monster Truck could be a Nashville band, and they're really good on that. I think they are. And here's the thing. Monster Truck isn't playing any technical fast bullshit. No. They aren't, like... Playing slow, like, when you play slow, it's good to have consistency. I love how you're just talking over Kid Rock. <laughs> yeah, you like him talking about James Dean and Brad Pitt. So he... <laughs> I have no idea what any of that meant. Yeah, because you were saying, oh, yeah, I need my Lord and Savior Kid Rock. Yeah, it's not like any cool rappers ever came out of Detroit. Oh, wait, except for, you know, uh, except for, like, you know, Eminem. Oh, and then also Insane Clown Posse. Oh, and also, there's another big name that's from Detroit. What is it? I can't remember. What'd you think? Uh- <laughs> It's like, it's Kid Rock. Like, it sounds like he's trying to do something he's done before, but at the same time... That he hasn't done in, like, 10 years. Yeah, but it's something he's done before. Yeah. Like, Monster Truck's track's all right. No, they're fine. I think, uh... But it was like a bam, 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 bam. It's like, fuck, it literally sounds like it's Kid Rock's... Like, honestly, that song could have been when Kid Rock Released 20 years ago? Yeah, it would have made no difference. No, you're right. It's completely... The, the whole... Well, I mean, listen. When we were... In, and this pertains to what it is. This is a... This song is meant to be a return to form, you know? And remember how we were in high school, right? And all the metal journalists were like, oh, yo, Death Magnetic's great because it's a return to form. Or like, yo, Endgame's great because it's a return to form, even though United Abominations was like two years prior. That's what this is. This is meant for people to be... He wants people to be like... Oh, yo, Kid Rock's back with his old classic sound. Yeah. Except the thing is, when you do a song like this, you're supposed to make it sound like, yeah, it's old school, but it still sounds like, no, this sounds like a scrap demo from like 2002. This sounds, this literally sounds like an old song with new production. Yes. That's kind of was. And like him just trying to like, I guess, be edgy. It's not even being edgy. Because that's the it's thing. Just, it's like we went through a pandemic and a lot yeah. of people were pretty <clears throat> political leaning, which I wouldn't call it too much political. Yeah. It was more cultural yeah. on that spectrum. And like, honestly, there's a lot where it's like, dude, homeboy, a lot of these people, I'm like, have you ever worked a fucking like a job? Have you ever worked in a well, restaurant? Keep in have mind. You, if you ever worked in medical or anything in sanitation, yeah. like a restaurant, they make you understand what diseases are. Keep in mind, too. There's a thing called cross-contamination. And, yeah. like, motherfuckers, like, worried about their encroachment of freedom of, like, wearing a mask. But it's like, 
the issue is like, well, we don't want people like spreading a disease that's killing people. Keep in mind, Kid Rock, to answer your question, no, I don't think so, because Kid Rock like comes from money. I forget what exactly, but his dad was like a like pretty like up there corporate suit guy, but he just wanted to do rap. And so, wow, you're making me feel it's so inspirational. Like, here's the thing. I believe he's smart. Like, he stopped doing this rock rap thing. Oh, it was like, to- it was completely like he, a business move. Like, when he, I have a feeling when he did it, it was like when he stopped doing it, it was an appropriate time. And honestly, those like country bullshit songs extended his career. Yeah. And honestly, it was a cool choice for like, I know you hate that stuff, but it's like, I feel like it's a little bit more home to him. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, I mean, yes, but him rapping, I feel like so fucking corny. I prefer, but he built his career off it. So I feel like that's why in some ways that feels more genuine because that's how he came up. His whole thing was, well, first when he was just a straight rapper, he was just another white boy rapper. But when it comes to when he started doing the rap rock thing, that's what really put him on the map, you know, because, you know, I mean, you know, you've got guys like Beastie Boys and Limp Bizkit killing it. And then here's Kid Rock, but Kid Rock threw in a whole bunch of other stuff. So that's what the appeal was. But then when he's, and he's always said, hey, there's metal, country, funk. I throw everything in my music. But when he started to break away from that and then go country, I feel like I can agree with you that country feels truer to him as a person, but it feels less genuine to like his creative roots. I don't know. That probably doesn't make sense. Here's the but. thing. Like, that's an issue you could debate on like well how about artists as they get older are they supposed yeah. to be stagnant in what they're doing because oh, sometimes not. people don't feel that way now some people like you could say could still be writing the same thing and like, like fucking Slayer yeah well come on they wrote a fucking like <laughs> dude they had a new metal bounce album yeah they did we, we reviewed it on an old episode remember we, we listened to Diablos and Musica no way we fucking did what yes I was you like, forgot <laughs> Bro, we're at episode 71. Yeah, 71. You can almost say we've been like at this for a second. It's a minute now. Yes. And honestly, it was like, you know what? It was fine. <laughs> yeah. It's not a good Slayer record. No, it's not. It's a fine like B, C tier like metal band, hardcore band record. Well, that, that's what we said. It didn't- Starting out like that's yeah. fine enough. That's it's, what we said. It sounded more like a hardcore record than a new metal record. And like the fucking groove and the new metal bounce groove, it was ambitious for them. Maybe they shouldn't have done that. But at the same time, it's like- I mean, I'm always up for artists creating and trying new things because some people pull it off and do it great like Metallica. Some people- pull it off and it doesn't go well and then you like have, metallica well yeah the only album i really don't care for them by is reload but i was gonna say megadeth with risk now i like risk but i only like half of risk and some of their stuff after countdown gets boring but the point is do you think this song is hot or not i'm gonna be honest i like i i mean yes, i do like it but i just can't get over the fact that this just sounds like a song from 20 years ago so uh, if I'm being honest I kind of want to give it a not for me when I've already said like one we have the offense of a it just sounds like a song from like 20 years ago mm-hmm. it seems like he isn't really reinventing the wheel too much no now that's always fine sometimes you can write the same song and it sometimes gets better over time sometimes sometimes you write one song once and then you write another song like it but it gets better over time that's what ACDC did sometimes that goes the opposite way yeah exactly sometimes it gets worse (laughs) yes that's true because that's the thing it's like it's okay to sometimes write like the same song like bands have success where they wrote the same song but they've actually improved on it yeah there's nothing wrong with that 
But but in this song's case, I feel like it isn't doing that. So it's the five finger death. Punch and then thing. like him with his him doing the country move and then him feel like doing some rap rock. I could say it's fine if he wants to do that. But then also his goofy claims where he's been doing it this forever. It's just like, God. yeah, it's like, no, no it's a character. Haven't. It's a character. Yeah, it's a fine enough character. I think it's a dumb, goofy character, <laughs> so I don't care for it. Is it a character that's relevant? Not no. really. No, not really. And where the fuck was I going? Also, as I said, I felt like the country thing felt more the vibe. He was an mm. older gentleman. He was getting later in his career. And honestly, musically, I'm sure he grew up on that. Probably. I felt it like I felt like that was more Joe. Him being the cool rap thing could just been young. Him liking something else. But as time goes on, you want to listen to other music. Yeah, you want to try other things. True the country thing's cute. But, and I, and I felt like the country stuff I liked more. Really? I'm not a Kid Rock fan. Well, that's true. That's true. That's I true. can handle the punishment of his country songs. Sometimes they weren't half bad. Now, he was ripping off Skinner. <laughs> yeah, no, he he literally sampled, as soon as he sampled Sweet Home Alabama for that song of his, I'm like, oh, fuck, Kid Rock is over. Now, I don't know about Kid Rock's rapping, but I feel like he's a one, like, he's a one note rapper. He mm. has the same flow. Or at least this song sounds like flows from his other On his song. singles. Some of the B-sides do different stuff, but for the mo- for, but for most of his singles. Like, yeah. bro, that like friggin' Dude, literally, that flow of that song was You've heard no, a million times. It's no different than American Badass. No, it's not. Let's be real here. It's just you don't have Sabbath True in the background. Yeah, no, you have <laughs> like that song. It, but the flow was the same. I'm ranting on enough to justify <laughs> this being a fucking knot. Yeah, it's 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 not. It's the is it a word is it a horrible song? Not really. No. I've heard worse. Yeah. And then I've heard stuff that's like subjective. But if you're coming at it from the from the from the point of view of a not kid rock fan and I'm coming at it from the point of view of being an old kid rock fan. I mean, I feel like we pretty much covered the basis. I feel like good friend Bone Steel probably thought this was hot. Yes. <laughs> I felt like it was just like, mm. And don't get me wrong, before we move on here, I mean, I'm totally down. My philosophy is I love it when artists try different things and experiment. But that being said, like, for instance, let's go back to Metallica. Black album, right? Huge risk. Departure from their old stuff. But it was good. Paid off for him. Um, same same thing for me with Load. But then sometimes you try new stuff and a lot of people don't like it. Best example I can think of off the top of my head? Remember how Jefferson Airplane made, we built this city? Yeah, but they became Jefferson Starship. It's the same band, though. It's It's the same band. <laughs> I love We Built This City, though. That's a great song. It's, a hor- it's like but a, it's pe- a great that's considered song. A, that's considered by a lot of people genuinely like one a contender for one of the worst albums of all time. Well, I didn't try to go listen. Have I tried to listen to the album? No. I think I might have not been fucking. I thought you did. I thought you did. But that could I, when we were at the old rehearsal space, but I could be wrong. I could not really say. It's been a minute since like the list, try to listen to that. Yeah. I remember I just never succeeded in listening to that album. Yeah, yeah. I so that could say something. <laughs> All right, but I guess we're, we're talking a lot about rappers today. Yeah, you which know is funny. Yeah, you know, because like today, as I stated in the intro, we reviewed Jay-Z's The Blueprint. I'm going to preface this by saying this. You want to talk about a... Wait, ra- huh? well, what year was it? Was it 2001? Oh, okay. I think it might have actually dropped on September 11th. Mm. Now you want to talk I don't know if that's good or not. That sounds horrible. <laughs> so you want to talk about a rapper. Now, this is probably gonna be the these this is probably gonna be the segment that gets us some heat with people. Or people like us. At least for me. Well, I guess spoiler, I think Jay-Z's better than Kid Rock. 
but that's subjective. I'll concede to that, but I will say- I feel like culturally and then like how it feels like the flow and like JC feels more authentic and I like his energy more than Kid Rock. Yeah, I'll agree with that. That is my subjection. You can, if you think it's like, dude, I'm sorry, Kid Rock touches my penis better than Jay-Z, so. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, if you want to talk about a rapper that has one flow, that's Jay-Z. In this oh, record. yeah, no. <sighs> yeah, no, it's pretty one. It was kind of a one note flow. So listen, this record, everybody, is called Blueprint. Now, I'm not talking about Matt Morgan. I'm not talking about Sasha Banks. I'm We're talking about Jay fucking Z. Because Matt Morgan was called the blueprint. Yeah, we're talking about like fucking like wrestlers that no one that like only a few people have heard to over Jay-Z out where a lot more people have heard. I mean, more people have heard of Sasha Banks than Matt Morgan. Yes, <laughs> but I'm sure 10 times more people have heard of Jay-Z. What the fucking Sasha shit? Banks. What do you think? Have you seen how much money that dude's made? Yes. That was before. Have you seen how much money his wife got with Beyonce? Yes. <laughs> I think he's a very uh, well-off gentleman. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, Jay-Z is considered one of the greatest rappers of our generation when we were kids. And I don't really feel that way, but whatever. I'm kind of a picky asshole when it comes well, to Well, here's rap. the thing. We're not uh, subjectively trying to like diagnose rap as a genre. What right, helps push right. The, what helps push it. Yeah. What are the groundbreakers? Because I'm sure maybe Jay-Z wasn't a groundbreaking rapper. Some say he was, but it, it, Jay-Z, from what I can gather, compared to like, uh, like think of all the famous rappers you know. Well, right? here's the thing. Like, I don't think anyone sounds like Jay-Z other than Jay-Z. No, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Take all the famous rappers that you, that you could think of off top, you know. We're talking like the NWA guys, the Wu-Tang guys, Biggie, Tupac, and Eminem. Like, all of God, them. They sound like white people. All of them. Yeah, but, well, there's others, but I'm talking the yeah. big, big, big ones. You know, like they're the big, like they're the biggest rappers of that generation to happen. You know, I feel like all of them have a clear present impact on like society. I'm not saying Jay Z doesn't. I'm saying I think Jay Z has just made a lot of fucking money for whatever reason. Kind of like Drake. I don't feel like Drake's all that groundbreaking, but he's made a lot of fucking money. Kanye's at least groundbreaking. Yeah, well, he's a fucking <laughs> insane wacko. But you need to be insane to make music, I think, or to be creative. But yeah, so this record, um, coming into this, I was just, you guys could probably tell I've never been a huge fan of Jay-Z. I wasn't a fan going in and spoiler, I can't say I was really a fan coming out. Yeah, I was going to say. I thought he was fine, but he doesn't make me want to like listen to more of his music. Yeah. And thank God this is the only album on the friggin' thousand and one albums that you have Did to listen to. Did you check? I couldn't remember. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of fucking Jay-Z fucking records. There's like 10? Are you sure? On 12? Spotify, there was a lot of bullshit. Oh, shit. Really? Okay. I was like, what fucking album was it again? He, remember, this And then, is like, thank God there's only one in the book, and it's the blueprint. Okay. But yeah, this is the blueprint. It was his first real break, and by some, it's considered his best or one of his best, or at least good enough to be in that fucking book of mine. So, was it worth the hype? Let's find out. Also, I've never done a rap album before for this podcast, so I just hope my notes don't suck. Track one is called... It's okay if they're short. Yeah. No, it's these are definitely shorter. Track one is called The Ruler's Back. This song is about how Jay-Z is, in fact, back. Because Blueprint's like his second album. No, his third album, I think. Okay. Something... It, there's some stuff about money and how you can sue him and how he wants us to bounce. I don't know. I just know... <laughs> I just know I like the beat. Had some real R&B funk going on that was prevalent at the time. Jay-Z knows... Uh, Jay-Z, you know, he's, in fact, good at what he does. Solid flow. Fluid and confident. Song isn't too long either, so it doesn't get all that boring. It's not an explosive open, but it's a good one. I, I gave I gave it a seven. 
For me, for I listened to it, it was just mostly it's like it's not bad, but honestly, it's just Jay Z making claims. Yeah, it's a lot of him flexing, making claims, saying he's back in the game. Also, and I'm oh, just yeah. going, eh. I gave it a five out of ten. I'm going to say this now. This I, wasn't lighting my word off. I think I said this later in my notes, but it I wasn't think, offensive either. I, yeah, I think Jay Z is the blueprint, quote unquote, for a lot of modern rappers in the sense of staking his claim and also going, uh. They've uh, uh, but yeah, no, they've always done that. But there was a certain way Jay Z was doing it where I'm just like, I've heard rappers say this shit for the last like at least ten years, like a very similar way. So track two is called Takeover, and after a man yells, "Come on!" Z tells us he is in fact running this rap shit, and he's gonna take over. The song had a really good bass, had a, had a, just enough distortion. It was a tough guy beat. I wanted to give the song a seven, but it's five minutes, and it wore out its welcome. I gave it a six and a half. Eh, I don't want to see. You could do six and a half, but I feel like it can muddy things up a little bit. Well, I did my own math, so. so yeah, it's like. You, I mean, you could do your score. I'm not going math. to do a six and a half, but I wrote down, <laughs> I think, for I got, for some reason, my fucking notes fucked up and I wrote down, this was a tight bear. <laughs> and I, but I think you were talking about the bass, and I'm like, all right, this was a tight, tight bass line, <laughs> and Jay Z's on this rap shit. Yeah, I'm running this rap shit. And I he's thought, like, freeway. I'm running this rap shit. I'm like, freeway. Freeway. I'm running this rap shit. He kept saying shit. a whole bunch of shit. He was like, something. Was, I'm running this rap shit. Freeway. I'm running <laughs> this rap shit. shit. Podcasting. I'm, I'm running, running this rap, rap shit. shit. Leaving the door open. I'm running <laughs> this rap shit. Wanting to take a shit. I'm running this rap shit. Wanting liquid death sponsorship. Running this rap shit. I wrote down a six out of ten. Okay. We're on the fair. same thing. I liked it more than the first song. Yeah. That's the only thing I can say. Track three is called Izzo, parentheses, Hova, H-O-V-A, wherein Z tells us, welcome to the eighth wonder of the world. I know, yes. <laughs> I know Jay-Z's made a lot of money, but I don't think he's made that much money. Actually, I don't know. Jay-Z has some real fuck off money. I got to say that. But the music on this one is real like hip swaying after a very passionate faux shizzle my nizzle he pops off and this is better than the second song i feel the lady singing on the chorus elevates it helps spice it up just enough i feel like and i wrote this here i know we're only three songs in but tbh some of the beats are a tiny bit on the samey side but so far it's all right seven out of ten that's gonna come back to haunt me later is it wait we're on song three right what the yes dude i just wrote down now we decided to do snoop rhymes <clears throat> Yeah, I don't, five out of ten. Snoop invented that, right? Pretty much. I think that's pretty Snoop style because it's what's it's what's associated clearly with him. Yes, but Jay Z did it, and I'm like, so he's doing Snoop Dogg rhymes. Because if I remember right, uh, Jay Z's back east, right? Wasn't Snoop back east too, or was he L.A.? Dude, he's from Long Beach. That's what I thought. But he's homies with a lot of back east guys. That's why I said How that. How dare rappers be friends with rappers? <laughs> <laughs> Track four is girls, girls, girls. And this ain't no Motley Crue shit. This is Jay-Z trying to serenade the honeys at his shows. He ain't dating Beyonce yet. Homeboy wants to get down. He wants to get down. This is a sexy beat, I will say. Speaking of Motley Crue, the chorus does go girls, girls, girls. But yeah, song's good. But, um... <laughs> Can I can I read off some of these girls that he's uh that he's gotten? I, I have some specific notes here on the lyrics. Like for instance, one of the ones one of the first ones is uh <laughs> uh I got this French chick that loves to French kiss. She thinks she's Bo Derek, wears her hair in a twist. I've got this Indian squaw. 
The day that I met her, asked her what tribe she with, red dot or feather. And then he said something about a black chick. And then he says, now that's the Spanish chick, French chick, Indian and black. That's fried chicken, curry chicken. Damn, I'm getting fat. <laughs> so debatable racism aside, the song's not half, the song's not half bad. Uh, where do you that, rate it? I gave it a, I gave it a, I, okay, I gave it a seven. And I feel like I should point out seven to me is a good. It's an average. Maybe that's seven's too, an average. To, maybe that's too I nice. I feel like six. Here's the thing. That's what I was going to say. I maybe, feel like Led Zeppelin's like, it's hard for me. I'm trying to not be nice. I kind of have to try to be strict. That sometimes you have to ground yourself and be strict, but not too strict. That's what I was going to say. So maybe seven's too forgiving. But the way I look at it is. Seven out of ten is a C, right? Which is average. And a six is below average, but still passing. To me, that's my logic for why to me seven's a good and and up is better, but below is is less. See, like I'm not going on high school grades where seven could be like a, I put seven as in you did a pretty good job. This mm. is actually a really good song. Eight is a very killer song, and once you reach in the nines or tens, you're you wrote some masterpieces. You're a panty dropper. You're getting into masterpiece. See, I, if you're in the nine or ten territory, I feel like you generally wrote some artistic masterpieces. That's fair. But like eight or sevens, you wrote something really good, something really cool. Six is fair. Five is fair. Mm-hmm. And then like, but five is fair where you, but you offended me a little bit and anything <laughs> below is like, all right, how hard did you offend me? Well, should I change my rating system or yours? Is it, is it uh, going to be kind of... For this, hey, we just started the rating system. <laughs> I think we're getting the groove of it. Okay. Listeners, okay, okay. you're hearing us going through growing pains with these damn rating systems. <laughs> this wasn't something we mastered on day one. That's true. But for freaking song four, girls, girls, girls. Yeah. This was a romance beat. Yes. And Jay-Z, I can for sure understand... Loves women. Yes. He does All not discrim- he does. He does not discriminate, and he will love any type of woman. Yeah. If they're fine enough. Remind- Actually, you know, I'm sure he's a very horny bastard. It reminds me of this one line from this Body Count song where uh, where Ice-T goes, white girls, black girls, Mexican girls, we don't, we don't care if you're from Mars. If you got a pussy, we'll fuck you. I'm like, I feel like that's the same vibe. I feel like this was a song was a 5 out of 10, but for the cheesy entertainment, I'll give it a 6 out of 10. <laughs> Fair. Track 5 is J-Word, that N-Word. I say J-Word because I looked it up and I saw it was an alternative back in like the 70s and 60s for the N-Word. Yes, we don't need to like have us going like, hey, these motherfuckers are saying racist slurs. Yeah. I'm like, this is what the song was described. Yeah. This is the song title, but we won't say it. Fun fact, I heard that uh, I heard that word for the first time in Enter the Dragon. Remember the part where uh, Mr. Williams gets attacked by the racist cops in the flashback? <laughs> Oh, Enter the Dragon. Enter the Dragon, yeah. I thought you were talking about Bruce Leroy. <laughs> Not the, I was thinking The Last Dragon. <laughs> no, Enter the Dragon. That That's its, it's prequel. Well, it's been a minute since I've watched Enter the Dragon. Yeah. Did you know originally in that movie, Mr. Williams was going to live and not Mr. Roper? But Mr. Roper's actor was like, no, I don't want to get killed. So they switched it. Could you imagine how groundbreaking that would have been for the time period where at the end of the movie, it's the Chinese guy and the black dude standing strong at the end? That would have been hype. But no, instead, Mr. Roper would go down would go on to be the dad from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, then. Just some fun facts. So yeah, so um, he's like you for sure say he's had some pretty strong claims in cinema history. Oh yeah, he was Enter the uh, Dragon and Nightmare. He got to beat up Bolo. Wait, oh, and you said Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, he 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 was. He was no, uh, that's still I would say a solid claim in like history. I thought you were saying Nightmare Before Christmas was like no, no, no. That's what I thought at first. Like, wait, Nightmare on Elm Street is a different movie. No, Jack Skellington was a guy named Chris Sarandon. But yeah, so this song was. Um, 
the song the song was all right um it had a sitar in it and i heard the sitar and i was like well calm down george harrison uh from what i can gather from the lyrics he's talking about how he's rich and i know that because he said he has gucci flip-flops and he, this is song five right huh this is this song, song five yeah and he's also reiterating how he's back this one was all right, not as good what as the other. What happened during his second album that makes him have to say, I'm back? I looked it up. His I, rap career is very short at the time period. I looked it up, and I guess his first few albums were going for like a like a like a seal like R like R and B radio friendly kind of gimmick, but he said fuck that and then just went straight for rap or something like that. Alright. How would you rate the song? I gave it a six and a half. I wrote down Jay Z likes French women and sex. <laughs> yeah, I must really like the song because it gave a sent out that seven be, out of ten. That must be why he wrote that song "N Words in Paris." That's like his biggest. song I think on he Spotify. loves French women. That's like his biggest song on Spotify with like seven hundred something million beat plays. Was <laughs> also got Kanye on there, so it's just him. Oh and right, that's what. Yeah, because he just got he just got Kanye on there. Just they're being just both, Kanye. They're just both wiling out in Paris. Yeah. Track six is You Don't Know, but it's not the word you, it's the letter you. It's like a Prince song. It's a song about the streets. It's him fucking texting. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> it's a song about the streets and how there's guns and cars and coke, Holmes. He says oh, Holmes heard, a lot. Well, you heard my story. There are guns in my car. <laughs> and I got <laughs> fucked. You know, you, 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 you don't do drugs yet, so... I'm not going on a dark path. That's good. I am not like that. I'm just going to be like, I need a break from life. This song definitely had a more interesting lyrical flow than some of the previous ones. And yeah, we, were we were complaining about he was a one note rapper. He did do one some different flower. stuff on this song. The, but then like near the end, he does like this weird math equation and says, I sell ice in what? winter and fire in hell. Wait, what the fuck? A math equation? Yeah, he did like some math equations like this plus this equals me and this or whatever. And then, yeah, he says he can sell winter ice in winter and fire in hell. But yeah, it's all right. It's I gave it another six and a half. For me, uh, <laughs> you and the half ones. I'm trying to be strict and not do halves. <laughs> you know, we're we're individuals. If you want to do the halves, yeah. if you feel like it isn't a seven, but it's better than a six, that's fine. For me, it's like no, I will be strict. <laughs> I have strict grounds. Trying to be Fantano, huh? No, Fantano is always like, uh, well, you can say uh, heavy six, light seven. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's he does that. Say. Come that's, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's basically saying it's like, that's a 6.5. Come on. Yeah, you're right. Come on, guy. This was song six. Yes. I wrote down Jay-Z's a tough guy. <laughs> but kind of a sleepy beat, five out of ten. Fair enough. <laughs> Track that's seven. That's like her call. Is like, he sound like he's some tough guy. LA is some tough guy over here. Track seven is Hola Jovito, which according to Urban Dictionary is quote unquote a fake ass Spanish word Jay-Z uses to reference himself in his lyrics because for, because for some reason he dubbed himself Jehova and he decided to add it he decided to add Ito at the end of it to make it sound Spanish. James's face fell on his hand. I just wrote down Jay-Z's a Latin man now. <laughs> Five out of ten. You face palms so hard. I'm like... I just wrote here the album's starting to drag. Well, this is a character. Yeah. I just wrote here I'm, uh, songs, the album's starting to drag. Six Dude, out of ten. It's a 15-song album. Yeah. We're halfway through. Of course it's dragging. I gave it six out of ten. Song eight is called Heart of the City, parentheses, Ain't No Love. So in the first verse, he says young rappers ain't in the first verse alone. He says young rappers ain't shit. He quotes Biggie Smalls, says a homophobic slur and starts talking about having a threesome. And I just wrote here. 
Look at the cool guy. <laughs> it's more of the same again. Fuck, it's literally, it's a lot of like, yo, people hate me, but I'm in the game. But I'm back. I'm back. And I have sex with women. <laughs> Gucci flip-flops. <laughs> with Gucci flip-flops. He's always said that in the one song, but that's been my biggest takeaway from the album. But yeah, more of the same, same flow, same Jay, and it's Jay-Z sucking himself off. The chorus hook didn't do much for me. Six out of ten. I wrote down Jay-Z has haters. Six out of ten. <laughs> That's all I got from it. It's like, it seems like people hate him. And he has to talk about how people hate him. I guess. Yes. Song nine is called Never Change. And I wrote here, okay, now I'm getting annoyed. Really? I'll do. I can tell you this. I missed this song. You what? I was doing, because I listened to shit at work and the song flew by and I'm like, oh shit, I'm on song 10 now. What the fuck? I just wrote down, I missed this song and eh, four out of 10. <laughs> Because I wrote here, I'm like, am I going insane? This sounds just like the last few songs. Same BPM, same delivery. Dude, I told you, if I miss song nine, something was must have been song savvy. It's like, you you blink, you can miss it. I wrote here, the album has stagnated hard. I laugh, too, because the song says he's still fucking with crime because crime pays. I'm like, you're not fucking with crime anymore, buddy. It's five and a, I gave it a 5.5. You may notice the scores are progressively going down for me. Song 10 is Song Cry. Oh, God, this song pissed me off. It's a sad-sounding song, and the whole time hearing this, I'm just like... My first thought when I heard this was, why does this need to be a 15-song fucking album? What the fuck does this chorus mean? Oh, I can't be sad, so the song has to cry for me. I'm like, that's not deep. I have now turned on the album. The lady wailing in the background is annoying. Five out of ten. I wrote down Sad Jay-Z, five out of (laughs) ten. That's all I got was like, he sounds sad now. I he's see him fall from my eyes, so I got to make the song cry. That's what he said. I guess this is him emoting sadness. He's like, oh, five I, out of ten. He can't cry because he's a big tough guy, but he's got to make the song cry for him, James. No, but this next one, though. Oh, dude, this song is called All I Need. It's another song with the same percussion, the same harp, and Jay-Z saying his back. Like the entire last at least eight songs I wrote here in caps. I'm so bored. Four out of ten. I wrote down drunk Jay-Z. Drunk Jay-Z. I think he was talking about liquor. Probably. Something like that. I was like, we got Jay-Z kind of drunk. And this has honestly been the weakest song I've heard so far. Yeah. Four out of ten. This is the worst song on the record. I'll say that right now. But here's the thing. The next song, though. Oh, dude, this next song was like the best. Renegade. The song started off neat and interesting. I'm like, eh, okay, whatever. But then fucking Eminem comes on. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, some life. I don't know about you, but I woke back up when I heard M on the track. Uh, he brought this from a four to a five. Well, only the- a four, only a five, because I was still mad at the album. But fuck, dude, I heard him and I smiled. <laughs> For me, I put it this way. Jay-Z is good here, but Marshall is better. Marshall is better. And it's honestly the best song on the record. No, it is. It, Seven it's, out of ten. It's flat out, yeah. Thirteen is Blueprint, Mama Loves Me. And the and this I wrote here, this is how the song starts. Right. 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 He just says that like eight times. Right. And I'm very good at oh, ignoring him. Oh. Oh. So that's how that shit starts. He goes, oh, oh, and now my parents. 
Yeah, the whole song is about the people that raised him. Single mom, dad left, and how he was turned down by labels. And Jay-Z's had, Jay-Z's had a hard life. I shouldn't make fun of him, because I'm sure he's had to go through some shit. Yes. He did come from the streets. But yeah, that's what the whole song's about. And I'll be honest, I wrote here, I actually appreciate, if I'm being honest, that the song was like legitimately biographical and not just boasting shit. He's talking about this person changed my diapers. This person introduced me to the gang. This person toughened me up. This person took care of me. My mom, uh, my grandma held me my mom raised me i'm like i like that that's uh, that's great actually it kind of just starts and ends but whatever i i i I gave it a six because i'm like you know what i i feel the honesty that's what that's my feelings i gave it a six for me i was like jay-z talks about his parents six out of ten you can see a lot of my reviews are insert jay-z and then jay-z and then blank that's literally That's you can valid my shit. That's valid, but it's a lot of Jay Z. It's like it's something about Jay Z, yeah. And then it's like it's Jay Z and his parents. Now, song fourteen. It's called lyrical exercise. He opens up how he's the heavyweight champion of lyrical flows. He says most charismatic, best flow. I'm like, damn, are standards low in your city? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's too mean. I don't know. But there's some interesting things here, like the chorus is being the one, one, two, two. And I like the piano too. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I gave it a six. You know, him, JC claims he's the heavyweight champion of flow, but I honestly thought the beat was kind of hard. I'll give it a seven out of 10. I guess that's It's fair. like the second or third best song on the record. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, this We're last fucking done. Song 15. This last one's weird. It's called Girls, Girls, Girls Part 2. And I forgot to mention this. I was on like TV Tropes or Wikipedia or something about this record. And I think technically Girls, Girls, Girls Part 2 and this lyrical exercise were like secret tracks originally. Like when Blueprint ended. There was like a pause, then lyrical exercise happened, there was another pause, and then there was Girls, Girls Part 2, and it was all like on the same track. So, yeah, fun fact, I fucking guess. I just wrote here, it sounds like the first one, I have no idea why this exists, 4 out of 10. I wrote down fucking, Jay-Z loves women again, (laughs) 4 out of 10. So, I did the math, and my score adds up to, out of a possible score of 150... This album got an 84. The album started out fine, but the shit didn't evolve. It devolved. It went nowhere. You know what? Well, what were your thoughts on the album overall before I do my thing? My summary ain't much to it. It was like, it's an all right album. It's all right. I could see if you're like, uh, I'm not a rap aficionado. I can't say it. Like, you could going through this was like average to me. Mm-hmm. Nothing really spoke out to me. I didn't feel too special on it. Didn't yeah. light my world on fire. Yeah. But I didn't but at the same time, I didn't feel musically challenged. Yeah, yeah. I can't really say. There wasn't really much high ebbs or flows. It just got it was kind of one consistent beat and got a little boring. And that was kind of it. No, that's literally my thought. It's okay. It was it was an okay album. I don't understand why I absolutely need to la- to now, listen to that. I am not sophisticated enough or aware enough in the genre to really know, understand his like friggin' what his influences are, where he's coming from, drawing from. But and that stuff does help when you're listening when you're listening to rap music. That's a fact. But yes, yeah. so I'm not aware of Jay Z. But for me, this was an album that wasn't like. 
lighting my world on fire. There are energy at times. Uh-huh. He is an entertaining character. I <laughs> entertaining character. I can have him talk to me how much he loves Latin and French women all day. Yeah, he while how? wearing Gucci sleep slippers. <laughs> no flip flops. They were Gucci flip flops. Gucci flip flops. That was in the same line as he said. Like he also had like a gold wristwatch too. Gold wristwatch and Gucci. Flip-flops. At times I was entertained, but at times I was bored. Yeah, it's kind of average album. All wrote, right, you go on your rant. You know, this album reminds me of how I always talk about. It was funny we were just talking about it. This album reminds me of how I talk to people when I talk about country, because I always say for rapid country, the very even though they're at the like debatably the most opposite ends of the music spectrum, they're both about storytelling, Sorry. and <laughs> they're both about storytelling, and. The front men or the rappers are you need to have personality and charisma and like both genres. My like favorite ha- like Jay-Z, I can say has personality. Oh, I've heard some rappers with no personality. Yeah. Jay-Z has Jay-Z has personality. <laughs> but and also like both genres, my favorite stuff for both is before the 21st century. Also, both are conditioned to accept mediocrity. I don't know why and how the fuck. This album was one I needed to hear before I rot in the ground. And I don't know how and why the fuck Jay-Z has made so much money and get popular and got so popular. I genuinely that's 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 my that's my anticlimactic summary of this record. I don't get it. But it was fine. This was a bad album. It was the You uh, say it was a bad album? I'm not saying it was a bad album. I'm saying it was fine. I'm going to say that out of all the albums we've listened to for this podcast, which is actually quite a lot now, this was the most in the middle album that I think we've reviewed. I will say that. Also, before we get to the main event here, I totally forgot to mention during the Kid Rock thing, that single he dropped is for his new album coming out. I think we should review it for the podcast. It's going to be a triple album. Wait, what album? <laughs> wait, 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 He's releasing... Sorry, I kind of spaced out for a minute. I'm like, wait, what? He's releasing a new record with three discs, a country disc, a rock disc. Kid and, Rock. Yeah. And one of like demos and stuff. It's gonna be like thirty songs, more or less. We should do it for the podcast. Is either that or when we do the Metallica track one day, we do the blacklist. <laughs> Are you sure you want to do that? I want to do the okay. The Kid Rock one's mostly a joke, but I just want to see your reaction. Which you people can can- ple- that's like a please not. Which you, you- have to make it worth it for me. <laughs> which uh- if this <laughs> if this happens around the one hundred, if we're at episode one hundred and we want to make it a spectacle. Yeah. Yes. Just, but I don't know if you want us li- talking about 30 fucking tracks. From Kid Rock, no less. Fuck. <laughs> I would have rather the Chinese Democracy triple album, honestly. I want no triple album. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> That's fair. But yeah, Jay-Z, those are our thoughts. Ready to get to the main event, partner? Y- yes. Let me grab a fucking timestamp real quick. All right. Timestamp has gotten. All right. Let's talk about Austin Powers. International Man of Mystery. From the year of our Lord, 1997. I think. Bro, you know what happened in 1997? Many things. Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII in the year of our Lord of 1997. Uh, If I have this correct, I could be extremely wrong. Well, I don't know. (laughs) So... My, the first bits of my notes are going to be a little awkward because I thought it would actually save some time if I talked into my notes with the microphone instead of typing to save time. 
but it started crapping out about a half hour into the movie. So, <sighs> so my uh, so my my first couple paragraphs here are probably going to have a lot of. Uh, no, I will admit this movie was kind of this movie was kind of a busy movie at times. At times it was, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of hard to really. It's like you can't really state a scene too well. But now, I was like, all right, hopefully Edward's got this. So our humor is probably going to be a quick summary, and then we'll get into it. I enjoyed the movie. Um, it's been many, many, many years since I've seen it. Um, I've always had a particular love for this kind of comedy. But the thing is, I grew up with like Will Ferrell comedies, and then I also pay attention to a lot of the memes now so my sense of humor has been really fucked with so i'm gonna be honest there were there were some jokes in this movie that were really good but some of them not every joke land for me oh believe me not a lot of these jokes did not land sometimes they were a little over excessive not gonna lie so the movie opens in Las Vegas, and I know this is literally a parody of James Bond, but the music with the setting and the text, I mean, it, bro, it looks like, I feel like when people parody James Bond, they're specifically parodying the Roger Moore James Bonds, because those were a little, the, a little I, bit more campy. After Live and Let Die, they got, they definitely got, and definitely after A View to a Kill, they definitely got on the goofier side. Yeah, bro, he's the first Bond in space. Yeah, <laughs> because the movie space because there was like a fucking space race for movies back then. Yeah. Star Wars was sick. We need to make a space movie. Yeah, everything and also those alien and aliens by James Cameron was a big hit too. So, um, we then see evil bald man who's obviously the famous Doctor Evil stroking a pretty white cat as he talks about his evil plan with super deadly assassin bros. Then he's like, yeah, dude, so uh, when I get mad uh, and you fail me, because all these people have failed to kill uh, Austin Powers, he said, when I get mad, people die, LOL. And then he pushes a button, and then a bunch of dudes fall into a fiery pit and die by fire. Yeah, I just wrote down assassins were just dying in flaming chairs as Dr. Evil's just like, (laughs) that's kind of it. You get to see his fluffy cat. (laughs) And then... um, and then uh, there's a German gal, and then there's a dude with a red fez laughing, and you know, you know it's like those little like fez hats. Yeah. Know? And he's like, yeah, okay, go kill Austin Powers. And then, well, uh, we meet Austin Powers. I said, well, we be awesome Powers. Well, Austin Powers is dancing in the streets of London. It yeah, looks yeah. like a very colorful London. I don't know what's up with the 1960s, but this seems very, 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 very colorful, vibrant. Well, it, that's what the movie is trying to present. Every yeah, and Austin just go dancing around, taking pictures of ladies. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Fuck. Every time I do the yeah, baby, all my voice automatically wants to do the fucking Kano voice from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I know all your moves, Austin. So so uh, eventually, Austin is chased yeah. by a lot of beautiful women. Can I point out he's wearing a very wonderful, loud just big ass blue pinstripe suit and it's amazing yes uh so yeah shit looks majestic austin's like you said walking around pictures there's some funny gags where like um you know he's getting chased by all these women that's the joke he's super famous and these people these women are chasing him around like he's a fucking beetle again that's the joke but yeah like he's chilling with the magazines and then he's getting his hair done and i love the theme song that they're playing here it's good stuff so there's some pretty funny gags too, like how he's like the one holding the magazine, then he's leading a marching band, and everyone's dancing. It's good stuff. Then there's quirky dancing, and then I said I wrote here. I said I think like half. Wait, what am I right here? 
yeah, the sequence is like half comedy, half dance, because then him and the band just start doing synchronized dances with each other. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I said, I get it. Okay. There was a lot of movies that in the 60s, you know, people dancing. But yeah, that's what's happening. So you could say this movie did take influences of 60s cinema. I think it was like supposed to be directly parroting them. Yes. But yeah. This then, movie is a parody movie. Then we meet uh, Mrs. Ken- Kensington. King Kensington, Kingington. Uh, we meet we meet a babe that comes in a car and he like front flips into the car. It's supposed to be it's basically the Ashton Martin that James Bond drives, but it's colored with like the British flag. Yes. <laughs> and then Austin is like, Oi, why don't you ever model for me? And oh, she, come on, why don't you ever model for me? And she's basically like, Well, my husband wouldn't like that. <laughs> oh damn. <laughs> oh baby. Whatever he gets, they get a video notification from whatever their cue is or whatever they call Basil them. Exposition. And I looked it up. The so, joke on that is because you know, oh, exposition, expositing things, but also Basil is a museum in Switzerland. And what a museum have? They have art exhibitions. Get it? So yeah, that's some fucking three D. That's some fucking three dimensional joking right there. My uh, so exposition yeah. tells him that freaking Doctor Evil is gonna attack him at his freaking organized party later in the, the evening. The psychedelic pussycat swingers club. Yeah, baby. Yeah. By the way, my notes here when I was trying to describe because it's like a TV screen in the car. My voice notes caught it as because I was trying to describe it, it says and then on his car. On his car's TV, satellite, radio, phone, car, video, radio, car thing, he gets a video, radio, phone, radio, call, car, radio, phone from his boss. Dude, there's a point where so much radio, car, radio, car, radio, screen, car, car, I was like, where where are we? What happened? I got disoriented. Voice to text, bro. I I landed in the physical reality. (laughs) You lost me. I was like, what's going on? Are you good, bro? So, so Austin. They're at the club. Yeah, they go to the club. And yeah, um, it's a trap. It's, they a say trap. it's a trap. Like in swinging London. In swinging London, at this point, there was like a free waitress that was uh, goes up to Austin, and then he punches the waitress, and then pulls off the wig. It's like it's a man. Is it wrong that I laughed at that? Like, oh, like before it's revealed it's a man because he punched the woman, and I just paused, and because I, I was just laughing because just out of nowhere, just Mike Ma- Shrek with bad teeth is just punching a woman in the face. Yeah. By the way, I had a fucking culture shock when they cut to London at night because there was a big fat Bob's burger statue on the top of a building and that's kind of uh was I that think Bob's th- burger no that's a big boy burger yeah wasn't that Bob's burger no way well, I'm Bob's burger- stupid I meant god damn it big yes. boy's burger big boy's burger Bob's yes. burger is a show I know I'm I do s- like that show though no it's good but it I'm good so show. fucking stupid didn't big burger start here in California I don't fucking know <laughs> I'm not going to research fucking Big Boy's Burger. We got one here in my hometown. Do you remember when we were in high school, I think? Yes. And uh, I thought that place was all right, but that, dude, I swear that spot. My mom. No restaurant could ever succeed there. I know a little bit of a quick diversion. My mom worked there and the background is it was this family from Bakersfield and the father bought, you know, opened the store there, but he left it to his kids. And unfortunately, his kids, they were about our age now. And they basically used daddy's money to party in the restaurant all the time and wasted the funds. So the restaurant went to waste. They were irresponsible with daddy's money. 
And then there was another restaurant that was in there. But yeah, there was that steakhouse. I thought they were all right. And the barbecue, yeah, but I think they like to. I think their quality dropped a little bit. That's what I heard. Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, that's usually the death. When, when I was a kid, there was a Denny's there. It's like, can you imagine how hyped that be to have a Denny's in my hometown? I'd almost never come here into town. Well, was a Denny's but there. the Denny's eventually disappeared. Yeah, dude, I swear that spot's cursed for anyone that wants no, to it do is. a restaurant. It is for a long time. So was that one uh, right when you come into town where Mister Pickles is? There used to be a Burger King there. It's right across from the Taco Bell. Oh, you mean in Slow? In Slow, yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about Morro Bay. I'm like, when the fuck did Morro no. Bay get a Mr. Pickles? I'm like, what? No, no. So Austin Powers punches a woman, and yeah, he's- um, It is an assassin. Yes, it's an assassin. He's like, where's Dr. Evil? And yeah. then you see Dr. Evil fucking going upstairs. Yeah. I think. My notes are pretty bad, so I'm kind of going off memory. No, no, you're right. And then, uh, well, before that, he gets in a fight with the assassin, complete with vaguely cartoony sound effects. So then, yes, the doctor kills his assassin and then fails to kill Austin Powers. And then Austin Powers and his lady friend give chase to Dr. Evil. But Dr. Evil is like, fuck you. And he puts himself in a cryogenic freezing egg thing. I don't know. Yeah, I know. He escapes in a cryogenic freezing egg thing, which goes up into the big boy, which is a rocket that launches into space. Which, for some reason, my my voice-to-text notes got uh, uh, Big Bob Bob's Burger Big Boy. But yeah, it turns into a rocket ship, and he's in space. I'm not going to lie. The flying big boy was pretty hype. So now we fast forward 30 so the, years in the future. In the year of our Lord of 1997. And some NASA space boys are like, yo, there's a big boy thing orbiting the planet. So he calls a secretary of defense dude, and he's like, oh, sweet. But then it just disappears, and the army dude's like, okay, I'm souping up and going to England. Yes, I know what this is. And it's like, okay, there's this weird joking dialogue here. I just remember it's like, can we go on with our lives with the scene? Yeah, it was something like he made it because he had the guy stay on the line. And then they had like, at one point, they had like eight mini screens on TV. He's like, all right, ready my bags. Then they sew the bags, ready the plane. And he's like, feed my fish. <laughs> I thought the feed my fish line was a little funny. So then they the get to Secretary England. of Defense. I think so. Yeah. Some and, <laughs> some U.S. military executive lad. He arrives yeah. in England and they take he meets him, up with someone. Yeah. They take him to their big fat cryo room where they freeze people. They take him specifically ha- to the celebrity wing. Yes. Where, where I guess Mr. Austin was a celebrity. And in there they or have Mr. Powers. And in there they have pods for Gary Coleman and Vanilla Ice. Haha, joke because <laughs> Vanilla Ice is frozen. Yeah, <laughs> and he's ice. Well, then we see Austin Powers and his chest hair that I think looks like a penis. See, I wrote that. I too. think that was intentional. I think. Come so. on, this movie. There was a lot of penises in this movie. There was, or, a, lo- there was a lot of almost penis. There was a lot of penis joke references. Yes, I, they didn't actually like make penis jokes or genital jokes no, too no, often, no, but visual was, gags. No, there was no nudity in this one. There was. There was. They pushed the limits pretty pretty tough though. I was like, fuck, this is PG thirteen. <laughs> No, we didn't even see ass cheeks. <laughs> I know. Come on. We didn't get that. It's so, a lot of is up to your imagination. So they thaw him out and he gets a shower. He's on a conveyor belt. They blow dry his hair. And bro, I don't know how to say this. They don't blow dry his hair. There are blow dryers all up in his business. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how else to say this, but bro, there's a gag where he takes a hearty piss. This pit, like, I get it. He was frozen for years, and they have the joke that he needs to evacuate some waste. Yeah. And he's pissing this toilet, and it just keeps going. And going. And going. And the computer and tries going. to be like, evacuation. Co-. That's supposed to be the piss. I know that's not a good piss sound effect, but roll with me, people. Evacuation. 
evacuation call. They did this like four times. No, it was like <laughs> evacuate, evacuate, and I'm like, I get it. Fucking god, he's damn. pissing, dog. Not gonna lie, when I watched this. Here's the thing. I watched fucking Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, and I felt like <laughs> the pacing of those jokes were better than this movie. This was like their jokes were just excessive. Some of them were. They just lasted too long. It's like, can I'm, we move on? I'm going to be completely honest. I thought the pissing joke was a little funny. I didn't think it was hilarious. I think they did it too many times because otherwise like, I would have said it was, it was like, hilarious. Oh, they, uh, I'm like, okay, haha, hilarious. But I'm sitting there like, fucking and you motherfucker. <laughs> Ugh. It's pretty funny because he, no, this that joke was like okay I'm starting to regret try to review these movies, fuck me. <laughs> so they bring him, they bring him up to speed. They tell him, hey, look, it was either this or Surf Nazis must die. So I mean, I haven't seen this movie in a minute. I saw Surf Nazis in like a year or two. I like I need like a break every two years to even bother try to watch that movie. So wait, how many times have you seen Surf Nazis? Two. <laughs> what the fuck? One time by myself, uh-huh. oh, it was hilarious. Another time when I wanted to show my girlfriend at the time, yeah, and that was it. What is is it good? It's fucking. Is it better than Austin Powers? <laughs> Maybe no. it's too early to no. say that. No. Okay, well, that's good. No, it's uh, well, Austin Powers is a little bit better. I can indulge Austin Powers regular than I could indulge not freaking surf. Surf Nazis. Nazis must die. Don't worry, it's a fucking goofy like fucking like it's. The campiness is funny. Yeah. But, but I can only handle it like so much. True. It's a movie you watch like, okay, I'm good for a minute. I can't watch it on repeat. Then I'm like, I'll hate the movie. <laughs> so they bring him they bring Austin up to speed on how it's been 30 years, Cold War's over, and Austin makes a crack out. Yeah, because there's a Russian yeah, because there was a Russian yeah. like freaking military exec there, and he goes like, Oh, what's up with the Russian guy's like, Austin, the Cold War is over. Oh, did the you defeat the freaking like did you feed the freaking iron fist of capitalism? No, capitalism went Mr. Austin. Oh, never mind. Yay, Yay capitalism. capitalism. I'm like, okay, that was actually funny. That was funny. That was like, ha, ha. That reminds me of when uh, they did Pierce Bronson's first Bond movie, Goldeneye, and like part of the plot was how M straight up is telling Bond that he's a relic from the Cold War because he gets like captured, I think, or something, and he's like, you left me to die, and she's like, well, yeah, and then, yeah, he's a relic. James Bond as a concept was rel- was a, re- a relic of the Cold War. Because, yeah, the Cold War was definitely more of an espionage battle than actually like- An actual fist- war war. Yes. Yeah, you had you had James Bond, you had Naked Snake, a lot of stuff. Then they were like, "Oh, by the way, so yeah, Doctor Evil's alive." Teehee, you're gonna work with Mrs. Kensington, and he's like, "Ooh," and he's like, "And they're like, no, your daughter." Um, yeah, so it was Kensington. Okay, yeah, and he's like, "Oh, yeah," because I have your Austin screaming for anti-capitalism, and then gets horny for Miss Kensington, which is the daughter of his old coworker slash. Well, they weren't together, but, you know, woman he used to get a boner for. Yes, but he gets boners for many women. That's true. That's not even a fair thing. Whatever, it's the, like, leather-clad lady that helped him fight Dr. Evil in the club. Yes. So, Vanessa, that's her name, by the way. Her name's Vanessa. Vanessa says she's... And that's what we're going to go by. I'm not going to say Miss Kensington. No, I'm... Yeah, I'm not, I didn't want to type that. So, she's meant to get Austin accumulated, I think that's the word. To the, to the 90s. And he so says... So, she's a relic from the 1960s. Yes. And he says... And I, I wrote this quote down because this was funny. Well, as long as people are still having promiscuous sex with anonymous partners and using mind-bending drugs in a consequence-free environment, I'll be sound as a pound. 
you know, that's a mouthful. But that, that was pretty funny. And it's like, <laughs> nope. Uh, then easily the best joke at this point was there's a guard trying to get Austin Powers' personal stuff. Yes. And it's mundane stuff, you know, some clothes, whatever, but some then, clothes. And then a fucking penis pump. And he's like, he's, and then stuff. To, it's like, and he's like, this penis pump isn't mine. He's like, here's a receipt signed by Austin Powers. No, that's not mine. Here's a warranty signed by Austin Powers. He's like, warranty. And he's like, no, this isn't my bag, baby. And then it's like a book that's called, uh, that's called, uh, what does it say? Oh, yeah. It says, Swedish made penis and larger pumps is, uh, is, my sort is my bag, baby. I'm not gonna lie. But also, powers. I'm just like. I thought that was funny. It's like funny, but I felt it was a little excessive. Like, get uses a fucking cock pump. Look, I'm sorry. I don't care no, how no, old no. I it's get. A- Penises are funny. <laughs> no worry. If you, don't worry. It's fine if you love the joke. I was sitting there. Was like, I'm a, okay. That's why. That's why when we were reviewing stuff, I would be like, 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 I think after the second or third time, it's good. When it goes to the fourth, I'm done. Well, that's the rule, and this is a basic thing everybody knows. But that's the the rule of three in comedy. Yeah, but he's going four. He there's a straight up. There's a lot of four. There's like a lot of twos and fours with these jokes. I've noticed. That's it was really weird timing. So Agent Kensington is a feminist, and she's like, "Don't call me baby," but Vanessa. he immediately, but eventually, oh come he on, calls baby, her. what yeah. should I call you then, Vanessa? Okay, was that a little hard? Was it hard to say? So they, yeah, baby, sorry, so they, sorry. So they go on a jet, and then I wrote here. Oh yeah, that's right. I at one point I I, I wrote I said him I at this point my mic's still working. I said, James, here's a weird question: What does a penis pump actually do? Well, there is a there's two types I know for sure. There's the air pump and then the fucking water pump, and I think the water pump does it better. Like these are discussions that me and good bo- good friend Bone Steel have talked about and stuff. Oh, I've never bought of course a, I've never bought a penis pump, but good friend Bone Steel has. <laughs> I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I talked about how bro, I talked about how I had criminal charges on this fucking podcast. Oh my god. Yeah, but like okay, but what does the penis pump do? It helps. Well, one. Does it like literally pump I'm never understood. Does it literally pump the penis? Well, one, if obviously it encloses whatever like air and then yes, it helps. I don't know if one you need to be erect or not, but what it does is for sure, it does like use the air suction to try to stretch your penis. It's like stretching a muscle or working a muscle. That sounds unpleasant. And it's like, I think it's like, like you can get like some instant results on the spot, but it could be like, you could be a little limp. But over time, if you exercise it, you can increase size a little bit. Because as I said, it's like working a muscle, stretching a muscle. Like, you keep stretching, you can go a little farther. Or if you're working a muscle, you can go a little... Working on a muscle, it, you can go a little bit bigger. You know, I know we got to... But review- this isn't, like, a thing that happens in weeks. It take, It's a couple-month process. You know, I know we got to review this movie, but I'm, like, genuinely invested and fascinated by this conversation about penis pumps. I'm not even kidding. Do I need to call up good friend Bone Steel to talk about penis pumps? No! <laughs> I fucking will. No. So after this, there's a scene we get a short trans. Oh yeah, there's these couple transition scenes throughout the movies, where the movie where we see him like dancing with a bunch of painted '60s chicks, like for scene transitions. It's the exact same stage that you used to see in old music videos from the '60s. The first one that comes to mind is like you ever see the music video for that one Buffalo Spring Summer? It's like there's something happening here, and what it is, yeah, that one. So somewhere outside of Vegas, Doctor Evil. Is, is unfrozen. Yeah. But his cat's, like, his fluffy cat 
could not like could not handle the fr- freeze is now a freaking uh, hairless cat hairless cat and i wrote here because the guy in the fez is back and i wrote oh my god it's will ferrell and brown face the guy in the fez was his brown face yeah i hope it was a brown face no no it, it was like silver was. hair no no he 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 was wearing some brown face i don't want to look that up <laughs> that's a god damn it <laughs> Well, we have I just Will Ferrell with, I'm guessing, his brown face and eyeliner. Yeah. For trying to ask for forgiveness from Dr. Evil for, like, freaking making his cat bald. Yeah. But then Dr. Evil tries to kill Mr. Will Ferrell. Okay, you want to talk about a long gag. Yes. <laughs> but I like Will Ferrell, though. No, this was funny. because This he, was actually kind of funny. He throws him in the fiery pit and... You know, he's like, ah, but when he did it to the other guys, they're screaming straight. But no, Wilfred was like, oh, I'm burning alive. He's also putting oh, on an accent. I'm burning too. alive, but I'm still not dead. Oh, I'm in so much pain. Then eventually, Dr. I'm Evil. so charged. Then eventually, Dr. Evil picks up the phone. He's like, yeah, can you go down there and take care of him? And someone goes down there. Oh, good. You're here to help me. You shot me in the arm. Ow. How could you? Why'd you shoot me in the arm? And you then, shot me again. <laughs> oh, man. That and was, then the third shot. Okay, I think he's finally dead. I think that was another two gag. But yes, after the uh, sometime after the first one, yeah. Well, the third that was shot. was a funny gag. Yeah, well, Will Ferrell's. Because Will Ferrell's funny. I'm not saying no one else in this movie is Mike Myers could be a hit and misser. Yeah, are we... Remember how the love guru just literally destroyed his entire career? Yeah, see, Austin Powers is excessive, but let me tell you about Shrek. I don't think... <laughs> I, don't, I have a feeling Shrek wasn't excessive. No. I feel like they were a little bit more clever with the guy. Oh, yeah, there's also, you know, Eddie Murphy? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a goat. Eddie Murphy is... Uh, no, he's the donkey. Oh, wait, you're calling him the goat. I'm uh, A goat, I'm sorry. Yes. But, yeah, um, Eddie Murphy, I know they let improv, but for the most part for Shrek, the only thing was he just really insisted on doing Shrek with that voice. Actually, you probably know this, but Chris Farley was going to be Shrek. You can actually find on YouTube, like old in the but like old like pre-production scenes of like it's that it's a take on that scene of shrek and donkey uh, at night when they're looking at the moon and stuff it's that conversation but it's with chris farley as shrek it's pretty neat i think chris farley would have been a good fit for that character but he had to fucking die are you sure it's hard to not hear like the freaking like oh no gro- of like course. mike myers grotesque voice <laughs> donkey <laughs> donkey uh this is my swamp <laughs> It's like, it's what hard. are you doing in my swamp? Like his voice fits the look of the oh, character. Oh no, he was born to play Shrek. Shrek was also going to look different too. I, I don't have a picture I'm going to show you, but instead of being all round, his head was, he was going to look more traditionally ogre-like with like an oval head. It was a completely different design. But anyway, yeah. So Dr. Evil, after the, after the Will Ferrell gag, <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, he does a roll call of his crew. Uh, one of them is the evil German lady from the sixties, and he has um, he has he has a henchman named Random Task, who is an Asian guy in a bowler hat, and it's his name is his name is Random Task. Like I said, clearly meant to be a reference to Odd Job from Goldfinger, which is still the best Bond movie. All you Casino Royale marks can go fuck yourselves. Hey, what about Skyfall? Uh, Come on, Blonde mm, Bond for the win. Wait, did, have you watched No Time to Die yet? No. Is it good? What? No, don't look exasperated at me. I got shit to do, man. <laughs> Maybe I got free time to watch movies. Maybe that's my issue. You're able to. You're able to make free. Well, you don't work nights. 
I do not work nights. That's always been the key. I think that's always been the key difference between our, our schedules. Yes. Yeah, Casino Royale is still a dope movie, but I don't know. Uh, so then we see Random Task. But see, guys, Random Task isn't like Odd Job. Nuh uh. You see, Odd Job threw his hat. That's stupid. Random Task throws his shoe. <laughs> They even repeat that. Wait, what, what do you mean the hat was stupid? The hat no, that was, was a, a, I was being sarcastic. Oh no, the hat's iconic. I, w- I was just joking because you know I was trying to make it be like, oh, risk, uh, random task is cooler. They well, even, you worked me. They they homage that scene from Goldfinger where Oddjob throws the uh, the hat at the statue and cuts its head off. He does the same thing with the shoe in a statue and it cuts its head off or it knocks its head off, whatever. So for some reason here, my Texas, this is the part where my Texas speech fucked off and I just. So typed for the rest of the movie. So I wrote R.I.P. R.I.P. Then we meet in an Irish assassin. My G. Okay. This is probably... Oh, so you know how we've been complaining that some of these jokes go on a little too long and they're kind of, eh, don't really hit. This is one of the first ones where I'm like, okay, this joke really didn't hit. There's an Irish assassin named Patty O'Brien. He has a bracelet of charms for all the victims he's killed. And he says, hi, the law's always after my lucky charms. And bro, they 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 milk that Lucky Charms gag for like a solid what? minute or two. It's my Lucky Charms. <laughs> this Doctor Evil laughing <laughs> in the German lady. <laughs> no, it's and, but then the thing but is, this is my Lucky Charms. But the thing is, they don't just leave it at that. They take the time to have German lady and Doctor Evil explain the joke because like there's this little cartoon with cereal with the little leprechaun. I'm like. Guys, please. I want to like. I like this movie. I really want to like this movie more. But this didn't hit. My thing was like, I wanted. It was like coming in. I was like, all right, this should be a cool movie. And I'm going. It's like, wow. I'm kind of hating this movie. Oh, I wasn't hating the movie by any means. But okay, well, not like actually act, hate, hate. But the I'm just first like, act was not strong. I was like getting a little disgusted and offended. I'm just like. <laughs> When he says offended, he doesn't mean actually offended. It's more of like, what the fuck is this that I'm watching? Yeah. <laughs> That's what he means. That's why I mean. It's like, the fuck is this? Yeah. Like they, 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 they milk that for a while. And then, um, then we meet a man named number two, first name, number, last name two. He's, uh, he runs Dr. Evil's, uh, like it's his, I forget the name, but he runs his corporation, but yeah. like kind of like his business front where they're like become a pretty legit corporation. And he looks like part. Dr. No. Yes, he's got an eye patch and stuff. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say he looks like Doctor No. It's just because of the eye patch. Doctor No didn't have an eye patch, didn't he? No. Who was the Bonville in the hat? Wait, I'm fucking thinking of Blofeld. But no, Blofeld is what Doctor Evil looks like. No, wait, you're right. Well, then who is it? What Bonville does he fucking look like? Eh. Point is, point is, <laughs> yeah, he, he shows this is up a lad with the eye patch, and he talks about how good the freaking corporate businesses are. Yeah, they own like oil rigs, a whole bunch of shit, and then Doctor Evil and a tells, factory that makes like little, fa- like makes little factory figurines. Yeah, okay, ha, 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 ha. Okay. actually, I thought that was a little cute joke. Yeah, I thought this joke was funny. Doctor tells them, "I have a plan. I'm going to blackmail the royal family into thinking that Prince Charles had an affair." And then they are going to divorce. <laughs> he does the thing where he puts the pinky in his mouth. <laughs> and then they're like, Prince Charles did have an affair. And, and then, they divorced. Oh. Then I have a backup plan. 
I will have. I had. I have created an invention, this laser <laughs> that is able to shoot physical light. That's able to actually do things. We will shoot into the ozone layer and wreck it and create global warming. He said, and, and it will increase the risk of people getting skin cancer. <laughs> <laughs> dun dun dun! And it's like that already happened too. Yeah, that's just kind of how the Earth. F in revolving. the chat for Doctor Evil. <laughs> Okay, fine. Let's yeah. just do something basic. Let's yeah. just steal a nuclear warhead and just plan on, like, saying we're going to use it. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I wrote here. I said, Dr. Evil's like, fuck it. Let's steal some nukes. And we'll hold the world ransom for one million dollars. And then they're like, that's not a lot of money right now. Yeah. And he's like, like, he's like, really? Yeah, no, Virtual Con actually, is, actually grossed a billion dollars last year. And he's like, all right, fine. We will ask them for 100 billion dollars no like well he's also looking to make sure he's actually hitting the right ballpark 100 billion dollars dr evil's the best part of this movie i'm gonna be upfront with that i mean i know everyone i, I feel like everyone says that but he's the most consistently funny yeah i think he's i think he's also the most tame on like his like overuse on the joke yeah 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 he doesn't have to fucking keep pushing the joke he's usually he hits the joke once and it's usually pretty good well that's because the style of comedy is different with dr evil since he's the villain and he's not the main focus his comedy can be situational austin powers is because you're you follow him the most and he's and the way that characters like that are written is it's basically like telling the same jokes over the course of the movie but in different contexts and it's reactionary dr evil gets to be more funny because his scenes are just able to be funnier Sometimes there's some stuff with Austin Powers where I'm just like, man, I feel bad. I'm not laughing. I don't want to be a bummer on this podcast, but some of these jokes are kind of lame. No, this is actually kind of a good thing. <laughs> I actually was like, oh, what, are we going to say, like, praise it? No, if a movie's fucking bad. Yeah, because I was wondering how we were going to do this. I was just like, what's this going to be? Be like, oh, this was funny. Haha, this was funny. Good movie. No, I'm actually kind of glad that we don't really, like, you know, love it. <laughs> Yeah. So, yes, on the plane, Austin and Vanessa talk a bit, and it seems like they're getting to know each other. He's asking her about, like, her interests and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. And then he's and then he's like, well, you know, I wanted to go to college because I like to travel. He says, oh, and that's fascinating, Vanessa. I want to go to the back and shag. You want to go back in the shack? Come on. You know you want to. He needs to see, he says, if his stuff still works. He says, I need to see if my stuff still works. My bits and pieces. My wedding tackle, my meat and two veg, my twig and berries. I thought that was funny. Yeah, that was funny. I think it's because he ended on twig and berries. That was, see, I'm sorry, penis humor is funny. That's why I, whenever I do my own notes, even though it's just for me, I always used to write like yeah. cock of love. Yeah, but Vanessa's trying to like deny his like advances and stuff. And then he like forget. He attempts it. a strip tease. He attempts a strip tease. And then like some but turbulence happens and she falls on the bed and he's falling on top of her. Oh no, some turbulence. I've fallen on you, Vanessa. And he keeps like rolling all over. She's trying to get off. And then the bed starts rotating and he starts dancing. Come on, baby. You know you want to shag. And that's the I'm thing a, though. I'm a sexy man. And Vanessa's like, can you just please stop? That's the weird thing, though. The, the striptease started to work because she walked over to the bed and sat down. But then, yeah, I was like, oh, no, I've fallen. He's just like, he's just like rolling all over her. And I'm just like, I don't want to sound like a snowflake, but like, that sounds like sexual assault, bro. And I get it. That's actually part of the humorous because he's from the 60s. Because uh, unfortunately, Sean Connery Bond in recent years, in recent decade, has kind of gone under the uh, scrutiny of the new peep of the new generation. It's kind of like, guy's kind of misogynistic, bruh. 
Did you know, actually, fun fact about that, did you know that in the original novelization for Goldfinger, uh, the character Pussy Galore was like, in the book, she says, oh, I'm a lesbian, but James Bond, because James Bond is such a man's man, he's able to quote unquote, uh, I don't know if they say cure or set her straight, but he's basically able to turn her not gay. Because he's James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? But yeah, then he's on the bed and starts paying. And then he does this whole, do I make you horny? Do I make you horny, baby? Apparently, apparently when they show this scene on TV, he doesn't say horny. He says Randy. Do I, do I make, make you Randy, baby? Do I make you Randy, baby? I'm like, what the fuck? Randy must be someone at the FCC. But anyway, then there, yeah, that happens. So back with Dr. Evil. Uh, German lady opens the scene with saying, remember how we froze your semen? <laughs> Which that made, me, that made me laugh. Oh, yeah, right. They're talking about doctor. We froze your semen and we weren't worried when you were going to come back. So we might have jumped a gun. So you have a son. Scott played by Seth Robot Chicken fucking green. Also, Chris from Family Guy. Yeah, but dude, that's honestly, the easy one. Fucking dude. Seth Green plays a perfect, just pissed off teenager. You know what's funny? Family Guy, whenever they did the Star Wars specials and roasted Robot Chicken, they always roasted Seth Green, but Seth Green has a pretty, Green has a pretty decent career. Uh, Robot Chicken and Family Guy. Robot, the, I think the Austin Powers movies. You I, know? Think he, uh, I think he's, he's made other some, stuff, too. I think he's made some money. Oh, and he was a, he was a reoccurring uh, character on, he was a secondary cast member in those Mass Effect games that are really popular. So, like, no, the, the dude's got a good resume. Fuck people hating on Seth Green. He's he's cool. So uh, and then and then I wrote here. There's some dialogue back and forth, but I summed it up as then Doctor Evil starts chasing Seth Green around for a hug. Come on, give Daddy a hug. Can I have a hug? Come on, can I have a hug? Can I have a hug? He has such a unique way of speaking. Give Daddy a hug. Come on, come on, give Daddy a hug. And then Austin Powers him, <laughs> and, and then Austin Powers him trying to bond's actually pretty hell. Him trying to and bond. then because of his like suit, he he moves so stocky. Two of you notice. Yeah, come on, give Daddy a hug. So then Austin Powers and Vanessa go to Vegas, baby! And then they get to their hotel, and he keeps trying to metaphorically hit up her DMs to shag. Come on, baby, let's shag, we're in Vegas. But then she's trying to be like, be gone, Uh, thought. But then they gear up and and head to the casino. There's this funny scene where they're getting ready where... Bond, uh, fuck! I almost called him Bond. <laughs> <laughs> powers, where powers, powers, where uh, where Austin Powers pulls out. His, you know the the little tiny gun that like Bond used to use. The little uh, they always called it a PP seven in the in the PS two games. Um, and then she pulls out one. Well, yeah, but then she just pulls out this fat fucking Desert Eagle. I was like, well, it looks like she's got the bigger gun to me. Oh no! I just wrote down fuck Vegas. They go to their room and Austin. <laughs> Still tries to harass her for shit. I always try to think of like what are the running gags on this podcast, and the the one I always think of is like, well, good friend we, Bone Steel, good friend Dylan. We hate we hate Vegas and fuck Vegas. I feel like there's one or two more. I, I don't know. We kind of had one for a bit where where you know remember Minnie from Rock of Love. I don't know what to do. Well, Minnie's now gone. <laughs> unless we can get another certain voice to go like, hey, we want hey, we reviewed that one time in Rock of Love Tree. And there was a girl uh, named Mindy, and she bitched a lot, and she just would go like, "I don't know what to do." In the game of love, I always, always lose. lose. 
That was so. Brett Michaels had to write that, wrote that line. That just sounds like something he put in a song. I fucking hope not. So after which we get to the we, we get the iconic scene at the blackjack table. I say iconic because the uh, number two is there and he has seventeen, but his little um, eye patch can see the cards or something. And he's like, "Hit me!" He's like, "Sir, you have seventeen. He says, "Are you sure about he that?" He says, "I like to live dangerously." But and then yeah, it's like, "Oh, twenty one, cool." But then. Austin gets his cards and it's five. And then he looks at number two and says, I too like to live dangerously, which is fucking surreal to see because when we were kids, that was one of the like first big memes of like the internet. It was right up there with one does not simply X into Mordor. So that was, that was a trip. He loses obviously because he has fucking five. He's like, I'm sitting like, I'm going to Stay, sir. I recommend you should take a hit. No, I'm going to stay. Which is funny because Blackjack. Well, I know it's a movie. Blackjack dealers aren't supposed to do that. Five loses the twenty. Oh, <laughs> okay then. But oh, then man. it's like we meet number two. I think I don't know if he introduced himself too much, but he introduces his fr- his freaking Italian babe. A lot of vagina. A lot of vagina. Get vagina. it? Like pussy galore from Goldfinger. A lot of vagina. And then we got like him going. Spits out water. What was that? <laughs> what was the name that you said? A lot of a vagina. What? I'll give them this. They didn't milk that joke as much as they could. No, they're they pre- milked it, but they didn't do it as much. Oh, how dare he do a good job on not over milking <laughs> the milk? These are pretty much. I mean, my- on the joke. Why did I say over milk the milk? <laughs> You know what that's like? What was that show? Pit my ride. Yo, dog. I heard you like milk, so we got some milk with your milk. <laughs> We got some milk for your milk. So then you want to talk about a drawn out joke, but this one I thought was kind well, of good. Well, Austin follows number two to the bathroom. Yes. And then we meet a like a fuck. big old Texan. Who is this fucking actor? He did he look familiar to you too? Yes. He did a lot of those comedies. He's always a side character. Wait. I hope the guy that's not fucking Tom Arnold. No, you would have recognized Tom Arnold's voice. Hold on. Texan character from Austin Powers. It's going to come up right away. It's Google. Yeah, come on. It's Google. Fuck, it didn't come up. (laughs) Well, I'm going to go to Wikipedia and look up the cast. So while you're doing that, so he goes in the bathroom and then he goes into the stall to drop a deuce. But then out of the wall comes O'Malley the assassin who's trying to strangle him. With his lucky charms. But then next door to Austin, the Texan is there and he hears him struggling. And he's like, don't worry, brother. You just just, like relax. Believe me, it'll go like through because he thinks he's just taking a bad shit. I think I wrote here. Yeah, he he thinks he's dropping a murder shit, which, by the way, he's given Austin some pretty sound advice. It It was Tom fucking Arnold. That was Tom Arnold. Yeah, it was a younger Tom Arnold. Yeah. See, Tom Arnold as Texan uncredited. You can't escape him, James. That's three movies with him. Wait, now. wait, wait. What the fuck? <laughs> what? Carrie Fisher is in here. Where the fuck is Carrie Fisher? She was the therapist. What therapist? Wait. The one that Dr. Evil and Seth Green go to? No fucking way. No what way. The? I gotta know. That, that's no. bullshit. You're bullshit, Wikipedia. Dude, they says Carrie Fisher. I, I knew that was fucking Tom Arnold as the Texan. <clears throat> I've seen this motherfucker before. And you can hear his voice. 
You can hear it, and it's Tom Arnold. Well, he disguised his voice, and I don't follow Tom Arnold, so I guess you're more of a Tom Arnold fan than me. Maybe I could just <laughs> see that fucking square dome, and I just know. And you could just hear the racism from fucking Cradle to the Grave. <sighs> So then, uh, but then Austin gives O'Malley death by toilet. Seriously, he's trying to interrogate him, right? He's like, who does number two work for? But then, yeah, he drowns the guy in in the toilet. And then Tom Arnold (laughs) comes out of the stall and he sees the dead guy in the toilet. He's like, what did you eat? (laughs) What did you eat? That was funny. What did you do? So number two, uh, wait, no, hold on. Okay, so number two pieces out, right? I had paced after this, right? And then we see another transition. We see Dr. Evil. He's got the nuke, and he calls the United Nations. And there's some funny sight gags, like how the Canadian minister is standing behind him. There's a Mountie. And then the Japanese ambassador, there's like a sumo wrestler and a theater geisha. And they don't show up on screen, but I saw like a matador in the background, (laughs) probably for Spain. Okay. (laughs) So the UN is like, fuck you. And then Dr. Evil hangs up. And then, you know, evil laugh, evil laugh. And this was another joke that overstayed its welcome because there's like, we're not going to negotiate with you. Holy shit. It's fucking Carrie Fisher. That didn't look like Carrie Fisher. Like It could have fooled me, but it's like, you actually look, it's like, no fucking way. It's fucking Leia. I only I only recognize Carrie Fisher like as Leia or like the last 10-ish years of her life. You know, she was a little older. Yeah. But I didn't recognize her there. Yeah, I didn't recognize her there too, but I was like, holy shit, who the fuck wasn't in this damn movie? <laughs> Will Ferrell, Carrie Fisher, Tom Arnold, Mike Myers, that's... That's an eclectic cast. So then, yeah, I was saying how uh, this is the evil laugh gag. You remember this one that stayed for too long that didn't hit? Yes. Yeah. I didn't like this one. Yes. No, that could have stopped. Wait, they have, uh, just keep going. Yeah, it was after the UN call. So well, then, there's, is there, I think there was two UN calls, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, this was the first one where there's just like, okay, we won't respond to your, we're not going to respond to terrorists. And then he, you know, is like, okay, well. Well, fucking Rob Lowe is in this movie in a fucking deleted scene. Oh. And Christian Slater. Where was Christian Slater? It was a deleted scene. Oh. I could never tell if Christian Slater's a good actor or not. I think he's fine, but I don't know if he's great. Uh, I kind of I used to lump him in with Bradley Cooper, where it's like, yeah, they're pretty good, but they're not great. Bradley Cooper has shown he could be a pretty great actor. Yes. I think. So back at the hotel, Vanessa is talking to her mom and there's a bunch of this is the first of the hidden penis gags because behind her, Austin is trying to get her attention to seduce her. I won't explain every penis gag, but I will say my favorite one was where he's so like he's naked behind her, right? He's like standing off to the side and then she like reaches over and grabs a fork that has a sausage with it on it and then takes a bite of the sausage oh yeah this is like the fucking clever gag where they're trying to hide his penis with random objects now that is some pretty sick cinematography I, th- I thought that was funny like it's funny but also the cinematography the cinematography is like you know what that's actually pretty fucking clever yeah and you remember that stuff as a youngster watch this so it's like you know what? that's actually really good oh yeah it was good so at evil's company they see his um Vanessa and Austin are spying on his company and they see his cat. And she's like, how do you know that's his cat? Yeah, because like, that's Dr. Evil's cat. There's never a pussy cat that I could ever forget. Yeah, yeah. But instead of following them, Austin 
pulls a Brett Michaels and starts taking hot pictures of Vanessa. Then they go on a hot date on what I can tell a bus with a dining set and a piano with Burt Bacharach playing. Yes, Burt Bacharach is actually in the movie. Which I didn't know this. You know that song by Naked Eyes? There's always something there to rem- That was That was his song. That's yeah. a cover. Look at that shit. There's a lot of this movie we're discovering. <laughs> so they, then they have a montage walking around and going the obviously like on obvious green screen, going to casinos, having fun, B-roll footage. And it culminates with them in the hotel room grunting and moaning as they, oh, God, oh, no. They're playing Twister. They're playing Twister. Yeah. So she's having the time of her life. They're drinking Champagne. She's drinking Champagne. She she's cu- enjoying herself. Yeah. She cuddles with him and she's like, tell me about my mummy. Like, and then he says, oh, she was groovy. A dad loved her very much. And there's a surprisingly soft moment where he expresses how he wishes he could have been the one to be with her. But he says, but that train has sailed. And then Vanessa is just like, it's like she tries to like make out with him. And it's like, let's totally have sex, you guys. And he's like, you're drunk. Yeah. I'm like, hey, at least he's a gentleman. He ain't going to take advantage of a drunk lady. Oh, yeah. And uh, then Basil Exposition calls and says, On this fucking laptop with this fucking dial-up connection. He's like, Oi, I found out about Project Vulcan. Go to a lot of vagina's house, mate. Yeah, go to a penthouse and see what's going on. So he goes and snaps pictures of their plan. Well, yeah, he goes into a lot of vagina's penthouse. Yeah. He finds the plans and takes pictures of it. And then she- also over excessively. Oh, yeah. By the way, the flow chart for the plan, it goes from covert operations to cable TV to secret projects to human organ trafficking to Carrot Top movie than the Project Vulcan, which Carrot Top did get his own movie in the 90s. Yeah. And I think that's the worst of them all. I heard it was. (laughs) I heard that movie was pretty bad. I hear that's the most fucking criminal act out of all that flow chart. Let's be real here. Uh, A Carrot Top movie. (laughs) Fuck me. Yeah, because let's take let's take the guy who's like the king of practical comedy and let's put him in a fucking movie. So from what we see, Project Vulcan seems to be about a drill. But this drill isn't to pierce the heavens. This drill's for fucking nukes, bruh. Hey, bruh. So Fagina comes back, but instead of sh- being terrified there's a stranger in her room, she's like, oh, let me get into something more comfortable. Yeah, he's just like, oh, I saw you earlier. I wanted to say hello. Let me get more comfortable. We get some shadow stripping. Oh, behave. I think this is where he says that. behave. So she comes out in a skimpy... Oh, behave. She gets out in a... Hair in my mouth. She comes out in a skimpy nightgown, and then she... Uh, She just wears a nightgown. Yeah. Obviously, she's not wearing clothes. Yeah. She takes off the nightgown. We don't see her butt. No. We just see nude legs. There's a tiny bit of cheek. Yes. You look hard enough. I'm not saying I was. Fuck, this sounds bad, but... Keep going. I thought this new. I thought this movie would have more like pronounced pronounced nudity. Yeah, it was actually pretty good at covering up. Yeah. So freaking a lot of vagina goes into the tub, and then Austin falls. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> trying to like freaking like protrude do the Austin my, Powers voice. Trying to protrude my teeth out to really get the Austin Powers voice. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you notice, he doesn't actually do that when he's talking. He does that at the end of his sentences. Because if you try to do this, then you can do it, but you can't do it too well, much. So you're doing like this, but, but he's like sticking his fucking teeth out. But he's like sticking his teeth out too. I don't know. Is he? He's got to be wearing prosthetic teeth. Whatever. Or like, but yeah. I swear the purpose of the scene was for freaking Mike Myers to be washed, by, uh, wa- have freaking his wa- his back washed by boobies. Yes, 
Um, she finds out that like whatever character he's playing, because like he. What? Oh yeah, he, he him and what's her face were like some someone in Cunningham. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they had different names because they're spies. But yeah. she finds out he finds out finds his business cards that says Austin Powers. You know, international spy of mystery. Yeah, which I'm like, oh. And I guess has a fucking business card. Are they talking like, yeah, you know what? They totally bone you guys. They totally bone you guys. No, they totally shagged you guys. They totally shagged everybody. Oh, James, behave. Oh, no, you behave, Edward. No, you behave. No, you behave. (laughs) No, stop it. Get back to notes and stop misbehaving you. (laughs) You're a little misbehaving guy. So we cut back to Dr. Evil and he says Austin Powers is getting close. And I wrote here, oh, he's getting close. All right. From the sex. But then he presents the Fenbots. Pretty actually, I think it was like this memorable. I think these, I think, I think imagery wise, these are like some of the more like iconic, like bits from this movie. I was surprised they only really show up in two scenes, but yeah, they're, um, well, I think they reappear again next movie. Oh, okay. Bro, spoilers. Spoilers. (laughs) Behave with the so spoilers, we have, So we baby. have these, like, sexy, big hair blonde ladies that they are look, actually machines of death. Yeah, they look like bombshells from the 60s. And she says, uh, no man can resist their... Wait, no man can resist their charms. And no prove, man can resist their charms. So to prove the point, the German lady summons, summons guards. That's her gimmick. She yells a lot. She's like, bring in the guards! Bring in the guards! And she tells the guards to kill the bots, but they can't because the bots are too hot. They're too hot, and but these men fall for the seduction. But these but these bots have titty have machine guns for titties, and are blasted to death. Wait, is it machine guns, or is it just that their titties have guns? I think their titties are the guns. Are they? Yeah, there's some guns, baby. Oh, behave. <laughs> they have some real guns, baby. And those rackers, there's some real gun rackers, if I say there. I know huh. all your moves, Dr. Evil. I know all your moves, Dr. Evil, with your titty guns. Bro, what if they just put awesome powers in Mortal Kombat? You could say that's a deadly motorboat right there. <laughs> I'm just saying, did you have, you have you seen every Mortal Kombat game now? Everyone's just like, bro, what random ass movie characters are Jesus? Are they just gonna cause cause that's what they do for the DLC now. They they don't they don't add other old Mortal Kombat characters now. Cause like Mortal Kombat 9 on the PlayStation, like, oh, here's Kratos. Like, that's cool. Then Mortal Kombat 10, they had fucking like Alien, they had Jason Voorhees. I Rambo. Think Ram no, that was this one. They had Rambo. They had the fucking Terminator, which kind of pisses me off because they had Sylvester Stallone actually re- reprised the role of Rambo for that DLC. Hmm. They couldn't get Schwarzenegger to be the Terminator. I'm like, what are you doing, Schwarzenegger? You're just chilling mobbing, at your house. Mobbing around on his tank. I <sighs> and cooking eggs on his tank. That's that epic mealtime video from like 10 years ago. <laughs> I just remember he cooked eggs on his tank that one time. Yeah, it was pretty great. Let's be real here. Come on. So Come on. Oh, behave. So the chicks kill the guards. Oof. Dr. Evil then says, I like their cal- I like their caliber. Ha ha ha. And no one laughs. And then he explains it. And then I, it's it's just an oof. Well, now Austin has like, I guess, fucking headquarters set up in their freaking penthouse. Yeah, this and is he's getting of, gadgets. This is the part where he gets his quirky gadgets. One of them is this watch. That's a GPS. And then there's some dentistry stuff. And he's like, OK, I get it. The floss is a uh, is piano wire. And then like, uh, oh, 
the toothpaste is a plastic explosive and the toothbrush is the bomb. And no, she just wants Austin Powers to brush his teeth. By the way, GG to the fucking cinematography. They arranged it to where the product placement was right in the center of the camera for us all to see. Crest toothpaste, Thompson and Thompson and scope mouthwash. Thompson and Thompson floss. Uh-huh. So yeah, they made their money. So now we meet Basil in person who tells Austin evil has a nuke and and uh, I almost said Oostin. 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 Oostin says, Austin says, only two things scare me. One is nuclear war. They're like, what's the other one? He says, carnies. Carnival folks. They look like they smell of cabbage and they have little hands. It scares me, damn it! Ah! Fuck, I feel like my Austin Powers voice is slowly transitioning to like a Sharon Osbourne impersonation, but without the shrill. Are you sure? L-R-Z-B, hey! <laughs> L-R-Z-B, hey, quit playing with my titties. Actually, Ozzy should have behaved, because then, you know. Ozzy? Didn't, didn't, he cheat on his, didn't they say he came out, he had an affair yes. a while ago? Yeah. Yes, but they're still married because they're too old. It's like, yeah, we'll stop like, trying to like do this. Let's just be, let's just be together. Till death do us part, Ozzy. <laughs> Yes, all these women just think it's a hot, sexy business. They all ha- out here trying to show Aussie their titties. That's a reference to our um, We Sold Our Souls for Rock and Roll review, which is still one of our best ones. Mostly because I'm just marking out about the bands being there, except for Godsmack. I think that's your favorite one. It's a, It was a good review. It was a good episode. It was a fucking long one. This is turning into a fucking long one. So, I thought this would be short. I thought you want to get the fuck out of here. I didn't know we'd have this much to talk about Austin Powers. I knew I didn't a fucking guy, but... Fucking behave. <laughs> fucking behave over there. <laughs> Continue well, on. Well, you have the short notes. Do you want to... What What are you doing? I'm, I'm shutting my fucking mouth. Oh, my fucking God. Okay. So then they talk of Evil's plan, and Austin shows the pictures he took, and Basil's like, Basil's like oh, good job on that reconnaissance. And then Vanessa's bummed because, uh, you well, know... It was like, forget stuff about, like, oh, love It was like, sitting there, it's like... Yeah, you're in like a whole lot of vaginas, like sweet and stuff, and like, and he just goes like, "Yeah, we totally shagged." That's a, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Is like, that's no, a, that's a little later actually. But oh, right now, she's I've upset. jumped the gut. See, you go. I'm going away. They do make a, they make a plan to disguise themselves to go into Doctor Evil's building. Fuck you. Then we see exposition bringing his mother. This is the gag where uh, Austin Powers beat up Basil's exposition's mom. Yeah, because at first we were like, forget, because to view earlier, Edward laughed when Austin Powers found an assassin in the club dressed as a woman because he laughed at, forget, Austin punched a woman. <laughs> this here, this elderly lady looked like a man and he punched her in the face. Funny enough, I didn't find and this he's one like, funny. See, this was an assassin. Tries to pull the like lady's hair. It's like, nope, that Austin, that's my mom. But she looks like a man. <laughs> she has quite mannish features. He says, well, to be quite honest, she was beaten with the ugly stick. I don't know. This one wasn't. This gag wasn't that funny to me. Yeah. So. <sighs> um, so now we are at the father-son council scene for Dr. Evil and Seth Green. Seth Green is like, he's been frozen my whole life. Now he wants me to take over the family business. But I want to work with animals. And Dr. Evil, uh, then, uh, you know, Dr. is like, such an evil petting zoo. Because he's like, you know, he's like, I want to work in a petting zoo. And yeah. He's like, no, dad, you know what? I want to work. As a vet. Yeah. Maybe I want to work at a petting zoo. An evil petting zoo. See, Dad? This is what you always do. But, son. But then fucking... Uh, the fucking ther- Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Carrie Fisher apparently asks uh, Dr. Evil to tell a little bit about himself. And he says, well, 
my favorite bits from his origin story are his father was a womanizing alcoholic who said he invented the question mark. His mother was a 15 year old prostitute with webbed feet. And as a boy, he made meat helmets. And at age 14, an Austrian woman routinely shaved his testicles. And then Carrie Fisher at the end is just like, I think we got to stop. Yeah, I think we're good here. So now we're back with Vanessa and Austin. She's like, this is the part. You well, know, wait, did you see that's the part where he's like, I swear he's trying to kill me. Yeah, son, I was trying to kill you. That is the scene, yeah. And now Vanessa and Austin, she's like, you know, I've had some bad relationships, and I'm just suspicious of that for China lady. And Austin says, yeah, you should be. She is suspicious. I shagged her. Ha-ha. <laughs> it's like, you did what? So she's bright, proper repulsed, and she's like, did you at least use protection? What? Never. Uh, Come on. Who yeah. uses that? He's like, no. He's, she's like, times have changed. You can't shag random women like that anymore. Austin is like, but she means nothing to me. You're you're everything. Hey, Vanessa's just all like levels of pissed off. Yeah, she says, welcome to the 90s. You're going to be lonely. I said, that's a mood. So then Austin's sad now. We see him late night driving, hanging around town. He gets made fun of. This was a funny- Yeah, it's like he's wearing a suit and people are just going like, haha, yeah, dude, peace, dude. 60s, he realizes, oh. I might be a little outdated. Then there's a then there's a sad but funny scene where he's going through a list of people he knew. It's like Jimi Hendrix, deceased, <laughs> drugs, Janice Joplin, deceased, alcohol, Mama Cass, ham sandwich. Yeah, my mom didn't like that one. <laughs> so And then he's watching a video of like the Berlin Wall going down and stuff. It's like Yeah, yeah I'm sure that is some moon I'm sure there's some culture shock going, trying to like catch up on Big world events in thirty. But then Vanessa joins him in the, the past thirty years. Then Vanessa joins him in the morning. He and then, but then he says, "I just can't believe Liberace was gay. I didn't. The ladies loved him. I did not see that coming." <laughs> that was that was funny. So next morning at VirtuCon, which is the name of uh, Doctor Evil's place, I yeah. this is the only place time I got the name. Vanessa and Powers are dressed up as basically Reba McIntyre and a Swahib, respectively. Yep, they're on a guided tour of the building, and after reassuring Vanessa that the Italian chick is quote unquote, she's like the village bicycle. Everyone's had to ride. She's like the village bicycle. Everyone's going to have a ride with her now. He tells her. Uh, that she's shagadelic. Shagadelic. Wait, then, wait, was he telling Vanessa? He told Vanessa this, yeah. Yeah. Eventually they go in the bath, they go in the bathrooms to jack the robes of the scientist, this guy and this really big gal. But they're immediately found out as soon as they go in because the guy that was dr- giving the tour is like, hey, security. And then we get like the, I guess, famous scene where they hijack like, what was that, a steamroller? I don't know. But they hop up on there and Austin delivers a chop. And then he runs over a guard. But the thing is, this dude is screaming for like 20 solid seconds and going, no, but the thing's moving really slow. And Vanessa's like, watch out, watch out. But he's just moving in a straight line. And this guy won't move out of the way. He's screaming to his death. Yeah, yeah. No. That that scene was funny. Yeah. But then they get out of there and then they get knocked out and captured by, uh, I keep wanting to say odd job, um, random endeavor. No, random task. Random task. Random task. Random task. So, at the evil lair, Austin and Vanessa are wearing very 60s, vaguely futuristic suits. 60s, 60s uh, futuristic suits. Like from like a from like a low budget sci-fi movie of the time. And then Dr. Evil has them watch as he calls the UN. He tells them, uh, they tell him, you know what? All we can do is pay you. 
But there's, I thought, a funny bit where he's trying to turn off the TV, but then it just switches well, to... He's a, no, here's the thing. It's a joke. He's trying to so there's like, I will send a nuclear warhead through a drill down to the Earth's core, and I will have volcanoes erupt and thus creating a big lava overflow. Ha ha. Yeah. You evil man, what are your demands? I want one million dollars. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. I got that run. One hundred billion dollars. <laughs> da 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 da. Yeah. And it's like you monster. You know my demands. Bye. And then he's trying to change the channel, and then we get Beavis and Butthead. That was great. He's like, he's like, hey, hey, Butthead, and this chick has three boobs. Ugh. How, many, like, how many butts do you think she has? Oh, how many balls do you think she have? <laughs> I love Beavis and Butthead. So then he introduces uh, Austin and Vanessa to his son, right? He's like, he's like, Scott, I want you to meet Daddy's nemesis. Scott, I want you to meet Daddy's nemesis, says, Austin Powers. Yeah, and he's like, do you have any plans for tonight? And then Seth Green says, uh, there's a good titty movie on Skinamax. Well, he was like, how's your day, Scott? Yeah, well, yeah. me and my, me and the boys caused mayhem. We went to at school. Then we went into a arcade. Now I'm here. And I feel like this evening there's going to be a good t- like good mo- movie on Skinamax. I'm like, yo, Seth Green knows what's up. Is this how you spend your days? That was like I'm very disappointed in you, Scott. That was the whole reason I was hyped when my dad said we were getting satellite TV years ago. <laughs> so I was like, yo, access to Skinamax. Well, here's my nemesis, Austin Powers. Now watch us have a convoluted plan where he might get away. But uh, yeah. I explain it. And then Scott's like, can we just shoot him? <laughs> Seriously, I have a gun. Let me it'll be I'll be like a minute. Let me run to my room. I'll grab a gun. We'll blast him right here. Yeah. Be dead. No, that's not how we do things. You just don't understand. You, you don't just understand. don't understand. And then, yeah, right before that, right, uh, no, right after that, then no, there's No, a, Dad, I literally have a gun. We don't need to do it. Come on. Isn't he your nemesis? You just don't get it. You, you don't, you don't get it, Scott. <laughs> there's a part where, uh, there's a part where Austin Powers God, is like- God, Dad, God! There's a part where he, where Austin Powers asks Dr. Evil, do you expect them to pay? And he says- no, Mr. Powers, I expect him to die because he's going to launch the nuke anyway if he gets paid. I just expect him to die. Because either way, Austin, finger. Yeah, but either way, Austin, you're going to be ghost sitting in this room as you will be eaten and devoured by sharks with freaking laser beams on their heads. Yeah, and then number two is like, um, actually, we froze those sharks, but uh, it turned out uh, they got put on an endangered species list. And then Dr. Evil's just like, I really would have liked to have been told that before. And he's like, well, what do we have? He says, mutated trout. There were sea bass. Mutated sea bass. Are they violent? <laughs> are they violent sea bass? Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Well, okay, fine. Good enough. Yeah. Now I'm going to, we're going to have you sit on a platform, Austin. And it's going to lower very slowly the to slow your death. The slow moving platform. Into yeah. the slow moving platform to your death. And then we're going to close the doors and walk away because we've got evil plans to do. And Scott's like, Aren't you going to watch him die? <laughs> He's going to get away. He's like, no, you just don't understand. <laughs> no, <laughs> I love that gag. You just don't understand. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny? This whole thing, that- right, is a, this whole movie, right, is about parodying James Bond things. This scene is the most, like, like just parody parody of the mall where they're just making fun of it at this point everything else has been like a nice lighthearted homage but this is just straight up making fun of it at this point it's really funny this is all dude evil is honestly the best he is no jo- he is no, his ratios of jokes hitting is so high oh it's great he's uh, the, i told you he's the best dude austin's is a lot of misses but yeah. evil 
He's like almost all hits. You just don't understand. It's like, no, dad, you're not going to watch him die. He can escape. You just don't understand. You just don't understand. You just don't understand. Come on. We got evil things to do. So then, yes, uh, uh, Vanessa hands Austin. Fuck, th- that makes me just want to go watch the second movie once we're done. Fuck, I was hoping you were going to say let's not watch the trilogy. What? No. Well, I, I, geez. No. Don't Come be- on, we kind of have to. Bro, we are stretching this podcast so fucking long. I think we have a lot to talk about. The point is, is that Vanessa. I think breaking down this movie is doing a lot of entertainment. Vanessa then presents Austin with the floss and he's like, I get it. I have bad teeth. But- I get it. I got bad teeth. But no, it's to help them swing across. And then she, he's like, give me the toothpaste. And he shoots it into the guard's eye. There was an armed guard there. There's like a bad little brawl, but Austin's able to like dip the guard's head into the freaking water and it's devoured by a mutated trout. Not a time to lose one's head. That's not the best way to get ahead in life. Uh-huh. A shame he wasn't more headstrong. <laughs> He'll never be head of a major corporation. Uh-huh. All right, that's enough. Right. Yep. So why does he keep going for fours? You know what it is? I think Mike Myers is just, he's the I think he's the kind of guy where he's just like, look, I'm very funny. Uh, and I'm no. gonna and I'm gonna do all of my jokes. Evil's funny. You know what Austin's it is? not funny. The thing is, is that I guarantee listen, I like Mike Myers, but if stories about him are true, I genuinely believe when he got famous off of Wayne's world, he's probably convinced it was all because of him and his, you know, role. I think that's why they only ever made two. <laughs> I think uh, the movie just had like, you know, good. You know, Garth was funny. Garth was funny. The gags were funny. The writing was funny. Uh, you know, the movie was directed by Penelope Seraphist, who yeah. also did the Decline of Western Civilization movie. I'm surprised she, I mean, I get why she which would we want reviewed, it. Which we reviewed those movies. And she, honestly, those movies do have great like cut timing. Oh, yeah. Where that like pretty gets good gag. Dude, come on. Channel 5 is like unironically like a spiritual successor to her, her work in a lot of ways is yeah there's a lot of i was realizing that like last night there's a lot of similarities in holy style holy yeah dude no wonder i love channel five so much <laughs> and also penelope spheris is our second inductee in our hall of awesome i'm the antichrist bro fuck the latter-day saints <laughs> so why you like to be an antichrist because I, I like to dress that you dude bro Penelope's also our second entrant in our hall of awesome which is just her and big john who because i'm on tabs <laughs> tabs of what Awesome. To anyone, you need to go to the YouTube channel, Channel 5. With That's Andrew. Andrew Callahan. That's like the best shit. I live yeah. for that shit. It's I wa- great. This is like one of the videos I'll watch on fucking re- re- on repeat. I was just punishing. I bought us merch before it sold out. Dude, I was punishing like good friend, uh, good host Edward and Dylan earlier with the new video with Crip Mac. <laughs> just guys, as soon as I, we're going to be sitting there doing no custard shit. Ha ha ha. Because we keep it 50 fair street 50 up in here. 50 fair street. Because I'm a crip. Don't kill yourself. No, don't commit suicide. Everything going to be all right. Like, literally. It's going to be all right. Like, he's got a lot. Like, morally, he was his moral compass is pretty good. Yeah. He just be chilling there. Like, he's a game banger crip with his homie Lupe, but. Fucking Lupe. It's like, so how long have you guys been in a relationship? What? No, we ain't a guy like that. She's my driver. I low-key ship them. Actually, no. I ship him with uh, with the big, thick white gal from the second merch drop video. Fuck, I need to figure out her name again. Just yeah, yeah. Uh, where are we in the movie? I think. Well, is it? All- Fuck my notes. Scroll my notes. Scroll back up to where uh, Mike Myers was taking a piss. <laughs> oh God! Scroll down. Well, I think at this point is that after Austin escapes with the guard, the, after the guard got his head devoured, Evil's getting the drill ready, and Scott is being a total Scott. Th- like. <laughs> 
Yeah. Here's the thing. Seth Green is portraying a character named Scott. How a, I feel like a character, like a person named Scott acts like. Not gonna lie. That's all I have. I don't remember specifics. You need to refresh me, dog. <laughs> so then after that, yeah, they're trying to get away. And then he tells her he feels bad about shagging um, a lot. I'm so sorry for shagging a whole lot of vagina. I didn't know it would just distress you and that he tells, much. And he tells her, if you want me to be a one bird kind of gal, then I'm groovy, baby. I'm groovy, baby. And then after she leaves up the escape ladder. She goes a, like, oh, behave. Then after that, there's, oh, a, there's a funny Aussie. bit. Where like, he, oh stop my touching my titties. Where he's trying to back up his car, but he keeps getting stuck. So then back with Dr. Evil, he's ready to launch he's ready to launch Metal Gear, I mean the nuke, and then Austin comes across the evil fembots who attempt to incapacitate him. It's intercut with Evil getting the missile ready and Vanessa readying the troops. And then we have one of the best scenes in the movie because the bots are trying to seduce him. It's like, no, I've got to stop Dr. Evil, I've got to stop Dr. Evil, but Austin's able to break away. From the GoBots, and they're like, "You can't resist us, Austin." I'm sitting here with a bona fide gangster. Do you think maybe I can oh be an God. honorary gangster? Uh, you, you can come hang out and, and party with Lupe. See, Mac, why the hell isn't <laughs> anyone doing their job in this administration? I'll let you know why. Electric butterfly. They're Electric butterfly. That was it. What's a custer? A custer is a buster with a C. C. Why did he use a C? I'm a crib. I'm a crib. Fifty Fair Street. O-T-P. Freaking electric butterfly. Electric butterfly. I'm not a bunch of custers. What's a custer? A custer's a buster with a C. Why do you use a C? Because I'm, I'm a creep. Because I'm a creep. I keep it 50 feet street. Dude, Bro, we, be- go, we go too hard for Channel 5. Channel 5 is the greatest. It's great. That's why you got the hat. The ultimate pussy magnet. So, yes. Uh, he breaks away from the sex bots, and they're like, you can't resist us, Austin. He goes... On the contrary, I think it's you who can't resist me. And then he does a strip tease, and his pure raw masculinity is so pure and raw, the bots one by one explode. Yeah, he just starts stripping and start dancing in his Union Jack freaking undies. <sighs> I, hate, and then, I hate those things. It and just like, so yeah, weird. all the ladies, like, because, like, I don't know if I, I yeah, sorry, I kind of paid it to like zoned out because I'm looking at a Crip Mac and an Electric Butterfly. <laughs> God. Because I'm a crib, but I can be 50 fast. See, this is why I need a Craig on the show. I think that's why they brought Craig on the show, because sometimes Vinny would be doing stuff and, you know, there was a 50-50 chance Brian was listening. But with Craig there, Vinny had someone to talk to. <laughs> so, um, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. So then Vanessa finds him and he explains, it isn't what it looks like. I was just working my mojo. I was just working my mojo. And she I be- believe you, Austin. Yeah. And then when she leaves, one of the soldiers stops to stare longingly at Austin while he puts his clothes on. Austin Powers says, gay rights. <laughs> so back with Dr. Evil, they're ready to penetrate the surface. The bomb's going to go off in three minutes, but not before Austin and co bust in. And we have a big explosive shootout like the one in Spy Who Loved Me. Eventually, he does corner Dr. Evil, and they have a surprisingly interesting conversation about how all the things that uh, Austin Powers stood for in the 90s are like, like bad. Austin, Austin, you're no different than me. What are you talking about? The free love and promiscuous sex you stood for back in the day are considered bad and are considered evil now. <laughs> Stuff like that. Then the Italian lady shows up with Vanessa, but then and he and she's got you a, mean, gun. Oh, a lot of vagina. But yeah, a lot of vagina. But then 
fucking Scott comes in and then Austin Powers grabs him, but then Mr. Eel's like, oh, you can kill him. I don't care. See, Dad, this is what I'm saying. God. But then number two comes out and then he's like, he holds up uh, uh, Dr. Evil and he's like, I'm not doing this evil fucking nonsense bullshit. We have made a lot of money and we made a, became a pretty solid corporate conglomerate. Yeah. With freaking virtual con. I'm not letting you ruin it for this evil nonsense. And he's about to make Austin Powers a deal, so he sits on a chair, but then fucking evil Dr. Evil presses a button and the he The fucking falls chair the fire. that yeah, the fucking flaming chair. Yeah. Fiery pit of death. So then evil es- escapes but not before acting the uh, activating the self-destruct. Everyone gets away and we flash forward 10 months later. Uh sorry, 3 months later. Awesome. Oh yeah, no. Evil escapes in the fucking big boy. Yeah. Being frozen again out in space, and Austin and Vanessa are escaping a very ex- elaborate exploding lair where eventually freaking Austin front flips into his canar. <laughs> to his car. His canar. <laughs> to his canar. Was that like a was that a monster from John Carter? Oh no, to his car, and they both escape the freaking like lair. Also, when the lair explodes, it's literally just B footage from old nuclear tests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then we. So ten months. later later i was wrong it's actually three so three austin, months later, austin and vanessa are married now they're, they're on their honeymoon and there's not and there's not just penis hiding there's booby hiding because they're talking to basil about their freaking honeymoon this shit pushes the this shit pushes the pg-13 rating so hard the most the gnarliest what? one nah. the gnarliest one i could tell you, you is when tell, she's dude, naked. i swear pg-13 you can see cheeks well yeah no that's not my thing my thing is specifically the part where she holds up a drawing of breasts over her breasts. That was that, yes. <laughs> but yes, then they get given room service with some champagne. But plot twist, it's fucking random Task who tries to assassinate Austin. This is kind of like the end of um, From Russia with Love, where they, he gets where Bond gets attacked in the hotel. Random Task tries to assassinate Austin. He throws a shoe at Austin and it just thonks him on the head. What? He's like, Did you just oh, throw? That's going to lump. Who throws a shoe? Seriously, who throws a bloody shoe? They defeat him by combination of penis pump and champagne bottle because over the a, head. Because he's a strong Korean, like pro, like ex professional Korean wrestler. Is that actually who that is? Well, they like, well, that's what the char- they said oh, with the character. I didn't catch but that. either way, he's like choking Austin, but Austin takes his penis pump, hooks it up to his dick starts punching his like start pumping his penis the fucking who knows what and then Vanessa pops up with a like bottle and smacks it over his head and they knock out yeah and then they totally fucking shag you guys yeah they go outside to look at the stars and then uh they see like a pretty bright star flying and then you just see a last shot of Dr. Evil's like I will get you he's frozen but he's still got the peak yeah, I will get you Austin Powers I will get you next time so basically yeah movie's pretty alright Dr. Evil's the best part let's be real here <laughs> but I guess this was enough content where fuck we're up to past two hours what'd you think of the movie quick score quick score fucking that's a good one I think it's between a six and well, yeah, if you're a little more harsher critic than me, for me, it's between a between a five and seven, maybe five and eight. Let's just say a six. I feel like that's perfect. Like, yeah. I'm like, honestly, it's like, there's it's, po- okay. it's good. It's it's I'll it's give it a fine. six. I don't know. It's like, forget it could be better. I feel like it's more of a product of the time. Yeah. More than anything. Like, I watched the movie today that like people say it was a six, but I felt like it was way. I felt like more gauged out of this one. I watched The Conjuring 3 today, and I felt like that was a little bit better movie than this, and people would rate that as a six. 
Fair enough. You're but, also comparing a horror movie, though. Yeah. It's, it's really easy to have a bad horror movie. Yeah, but I feel like there's just vibes of movie. You feel like you could still rate it on how good or just how you engaged you were. True. And I felt like I was pretty engaged in Conjuring 3. Like, I liked it more than 2. 2, you could say, had a little bit like... Well, I don't even think the 2 had a better villain. A better looking villain? Yes, sure. Because the fucking nun's a pretty creepy character. But... The that's fucking, why that's why she has her own spin-offs. Yeah, but the fucking the satanic fucking the satanic lady and her fucking like dirty like witchcraft tricks and stuff. I felt like it was a way better villain. That's like, "Oh, fuck, dude. Ed and Lorraine are just fucking battling with this fucking satan lady." No, that was pretty I remember I remember not hating Honestly, I'll be honest. I remember the only Conjury movies I remember. The only Conjury movie I hate is fucking like Yayarona, which I've already ranted to you off camera, off uh, audio. Yeah, no, but like Conjuring Three, it's like I hear it's like you look up the ratings, like it's like people don't rate it as highly as the first one. Which the first one I think is the best. I feel like the second one is just more rehash of the first one, but in London. And like it, but the pacing kind of freaking picks up like dumbass. Like around the end, like I felt like the third one had better pacing and stuff. Plus, I think like the villain, not the villain, not looking as imposing, but I felt like had just gnarlier stakes. She was a pretty gnarly villain. She had a lot of dirty tricks, fucking mm-hmm. with Ed and Lorraine. Yeah, yeah. But in the end, they were able to beat her. Yeah. And then you kind of see like the demon take her soul away, and it's like, well, yeah. Right. But awesome powers. Awesome powers. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm talking. I was like, I watched the better movie, and I liked it more, but. Awesome Power is cool. I might go watch the second one once I'm all done wrapped up here. Uh, I will it. definitely watch the second. For good, fuck, hey, we, gotta, was, we gotta pick an album. Oh, fuck, we gotta pick an album. Alright, let's, let's make this a quick thing. We'll head home. Quick thing. Well, I ain't gonna head home. I gotta export and I gotta freaking get a description, make a picture, you know, all Bro, the podcasts. Isn't, isn't the studio kind of metaphorically our, our home? In a, metaphorically? Well, right. like, I do hang right. out here pretty often. Forward. Back. back triple D on the attack. We have these fucking names. We have two choices. We have G Love and the special saw and special sauce, mm. or Ali Farka Ture with Rye Coders talking Timbuktu. Please put that book over here. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah, take a look. I'm like, <laughs> I knew this book would be a good idea. This kind of looks like Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, the hair and eyebrows. No, I'm like trying to check this out. I'm like, what the fuck? I've never heard of those records before. What year are they out? Are they 90s? Uh, one is... Well, yeah, we're in the 90s. That's, That's all this... Yeah, no, because this book fucking goes decade chronologically. Yeah, the first one's from like the 50s, but they only have like one or two from the 50s, and they're just Elvis, I think. Well, for just the name alone, I'm feeling G-Love and, and Special, special sauce. sauce. Yeah, dude. All right. So look forward to that, people. Austin Powers 2 and next G-Love week, and the Special Sauce. Next week, we give y'all our special sauce. Fuck, I don't know how we went two hours, but I guess we can rant about fucking Austin Powers for a minute. Yeah. I guess we were able to get a lot of content. All right, <laughs> listeners, we need to get out of here. Other than that, this is the Dr. Danger Radio Show with your host, James and Edward. Hope you have a good one. Adios.